We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. All right, welcome, guys. MPW Digital post game show here with you tonight. Ole Miss knocking off Central Arkansas. 59 to 3. And yes, absolutely a show that we could have started a little while ago. This game in hand from the very first second as this thing gets going. But a crazy day around college football. So we'll talk about all that today. Um, not sure who's good, not sure who's not. But uh, Central Arkansas wasn't. But uh, we will uh, we'll discuss that a little bit. We'll call Jeffrey here in a minute. He'll have college football takes from around the country. We'll call Brian. We'll talk to Neil whenever he gets done with the press conference. But um, Ole Miss winning 59-3 to against Central Arkansas. Here to move to 2-0. and They get Georgia Tech next week. The Jackets were handling um, Western Carolina. So they'll be 1-1 one one after uh, losing to Clemson 41-10 last week. And now, um, and now beating Western Carolina tonight. You know, really the one interesting thing is just the injury to Luke Altmaier, the quarterback, uh, situation that never seems to uh, never seems to end, just keeps going on and on and on. Thought Altmaier was pretty good there early prior to getting uh, getting hurt. You could tell when that shoulder that shoulder went out on him, it definitely changed things. He looked completely different after that. What I found odd, and we'll we'll talk about this with Neil at least when we talk to him in a little bit, is that over the press box they announced that um, yeah I can turn down my lamp. I can make that a little a little lower. Um, in the press box, they mentioned that he pulled Altmaier because of the pick, not because of the injury. And that was strange to me on a couple notes. Number one, you could absolutely tell that Altmaier was hurt at that point. Uh, when he came to the sideline after the interception, one of the coaches walked over, said something to him, and you could see Altmaier pointed toward his shoulder and just walked off. There didn't even appear to be a verbal answer at that point. And if you're going to announce that he was pulled off the pick, well, last week Jackson Dart got the extra series after throwing the interception. And then this week, if it was a pick is the reason, which again is why Ole Miss said at the beginning that the reason he was taken out of the game at that point was pick-related, not injury-related, then that's strange to me because why wouldn't you give him the same person whatever? Because it was very clear there was an injury there. 
So I just thought that was kind of strange at, at that point because I and I and again I'm saying all this. If anybody's listening later, I'm not in Lane Kiffin's press conference. I'm talking to you guys, so he might clear that up here in a second and make all this a moot point. But that that's the one thing that did stick out. Look, Central Arkansas is not good. Ole Miss ran the ball effectively with running backs. Evan and Judkins are both monsters. Mingo has a huge day. Looks incredibly healthy. They're very physical on the outside with Heath and. Uh, with Heath and Mingo out there, I thought the offensive line was very similar to last week. Nothing that just crazy stuck out in the direction. I thought they were pretty active defensively. You know, they're they're very well coached defensively. Still through two weeks, that's the one thing that I keep coming back to. Is they appear to be in the right place most of the time. I mean, that, that, that's what you see. And, and that's all you're going to know through these first two weeks. Troy was not good offensively. I don't know what's their score now. They were, they were struggling a little bit with Alabama and m at one point. And then tonight, Central Arkansas was just so outmanned at every position that it's almost impossible to take a ton from that. I don't even know really where to start. I don't know what you could say about that at that point. So um, just kind of thoughts um, as this thing kind of gets going. Yeah, again, it looked to me, it was very evident. Um, it was very evident that Altmaier came out with an injury at that point. But, again, I'm just kind of repeating. I'm just telling you what was said in the press box at that point. Uh, don't worry, we will make fun of Texas A&M. A&M losing to Appalachian State today made me giddy, made me very, very happy. It was, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, all the snark they deserve at this point. You know, it, it, it's amazing how much worse their day would have been had Texas won that game this morning. They at least got that bit of solace in this thing from Texas A&M uh, from from their standpoint. I, although, you know, I'm, I'm pretty negative toward both the Texas schools to the point that Texas had me rooting for Alabama earlier today. I don't know where you guys were sitting on it, but I found myself pulling for Alabama this morning against Texas. But definitely pulling for the uh, the boys from Boone to knock off the uh, to knock off the the Aggies. Uh, JM says Altmaier has a grade one AC sprain. I don't know if you're getting that from a press conference or something, but you are, um, you're very knowledgeable from an athletic trainer standpoint. So you might be playing a little doc there as well. Let me know where you're getting that from. Cause again, I, I'm sort of out of the loop here while I'm talking to you guys. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Crazy day in college football. Let's get Jeffrey on the horn. Let's talk to him about it. I'll do that. Uh, do that now. I'm going to save Anthony Richardson. I'm going to give him. I need to look up his stats. I was watching the game, and I had it on. I saw that Kentucky won. Look, Kentucky's going to be a good game. Kentucky played well today. Arkansas played well today. Those were the two the two takeaways that really were very clear was those uh, were, were, were those two. So let's see. Hold on. Let me get Jeffrey. Just give me a second while we're doing this. Yeah, see, I'm different. I actually, I, 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 I guess it, I have an overall Texas hatred because I absolutely was pulling for Alabama in that game this morning. I was I was frustrated that I thought Texas was going to have that type of moment today. But then it got much better once we saw that uh, that A and M lost. All right, give me one second. Good evening. 
Jeffrey, I guess you had money on it this morning, so you were pulling for Alabama for that reason. But if, if you didn't, who did you want to win that game? Uh, uh, who would I have been pulling for? Yes, I. I mean, I think it, there's a lot of there's a lot of complicating factors there. Um, number one, I think it depends on if you just bet the game. I'm the guy that if I bet a favorite. And they're not going to cover. I just want them to lose. Oh, so I would have I would have been pulling for Texas. Um, I don't know. The thing that stood out to me though, and I'm I'm curious to know your take. I know Alabama had a ton of penalties. Like Alabama played very very poorly, but weren't you impressed that physically Texas did not look outmatched? Texas outplayed them even beyond the mistakes. They 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 were just they were they were I mean frankly at the line of scrimmage at least Texas from a defensive standpoint I just thought they were better. Frankly, I just thought, I they, thought it, from, from from a, from a day standpoint, one day one game, I just thought they were better. I mean, Texas did all that today. I get Alabama made a lot of mistakes and we'll get to a couple things on that in a second, but Texas showed well to a point where from a physical standpoint, from a talent standpoint, we knew they were talented, but no, they dictated line of scrimmage against Alabama at times today. I, I would actually argue for most of the game on both sides of the football. I thought they they dictated line of scrimmage. So even on the Alabama's long touchdown run, that really wasn't physical dominance so much as that was a good scheme. Like they formationed them into the look that they wanted and then they ran it down their throat. But if you think about what was what was the most successful aspect for Alabama, it was kind of when they when they got into the gun and they started just working the outside. And the thing that struck me about that, excuse me, oftentimes when you get in the gun and you work the outside with your receivers, that's kind of what you do when you're overmatched. And, and that made me kind of take a step back I mean, if you want to talk about, like, true overreactions, my biggest overreaction is uh, the fact that Georgia's not number one, Mm -hmm. despite being the defending national champion and having the most impressive win. And, again, we we may get to November or December and realize that that win against Oregon wasn't very much. But at least at this point in time, Georgia has the most impressive win and they're the defending champion. I'm kind of operating from the assumption of this is Georgia's to lose right now. I think that's certainly the case. I mean, in a, in a lot of different ways, because, you know, in Alabama, like, again, they had a lot of drops. They did a lot of things. They had all those penalties. But in the same token, Texas could have actually run away with that game. That could have been not close at all in the second half. And we're giving Alabama – I guess 55 to nothing. Look, I'm not acting like it was some something else than it was. But we had a little bit of a week one overreaction on Alabama's robotic nature because I think it's very possible that Utah State just sucks relative to what they are. Again, they played with – UConn had a lead on them for a long time. I watched a lot of that game. Bama's not bad. Let's not go crazy here. But they're not as dynamic at wide receiver as we're used to. The running backs had a fairly poor day today in a lot of ways. They had drops. Now, they had Bryce Young, who just made shit happen. But it is also possible that even if it's a tick, Alabama's not what we are considering Alabama to be. I think I think it's, to your point, I think it's closer to Alabama is closer to what they were last year mm-hmm. than to what they were uh, 
you know, when they when they had their quote unquote response to 2019 LSU, and I always say that's an asterisk. I, I'm not taking anything away from that Alabama team, but let's not act like the 2020 season was the same thing as the 2019 season. Like I just don't think that was an apples to apples comparison. But what I saw today, and this is kind of, I've been I've been when we had people on our show and they would talk to me about Alabama and they'd talk me into it. I had one common question when everyone kept telling me their receiver room was better. I said, who's the Jamison Williams replacement. And I've not seen that. Who is the guy that when he goes vertical, that no one can keep up with him because the national champions couldn't keep up with him. Like everyone acts like, like, let's also be real about Georgia's national championship. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish it, but that game changed when Jamison went out mm-hmm. because he is such a vertical threat. And what we've seen with Alabama is they do not have the guy that you have to just have two or three guys in the secondary paying attention to where he is. And then furthermore, everyone believed, oh, they fixed their offensive line by going into the portal and whatnot. I think what we're also recognizing is it takes more than just talent with an offensive line. Like, they have to gel. They have to come together. And they're just not there yet. But I think also the the biggest take that I have is Neil has been harping on this point, and I know where this point originated, and I think it's a uh, – I think it's about as valid of a source as possible. I know one of these teams got embarrassed today, but I still pay attention to what they do in the recruiting rankings. USC just embarrassed Stanford in horrific fashion. They did. Um, That Texas roster changed over pretty quickly, didn't it? Yeah, I think they're. I think. I think from a talent standpoint, we're aware of what's there, right? I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. that. They're spending money. We, I mean, we, we're all going to get yeah. our, our cracks in, and I don't know. I'm not sure. ready to say Sarkeesian is whatever, but it's also very possible that we are seeing a rising to a, a, a national competitor here with the Longhorns. Yeah, no. Uh, listen, we all love to get our Texas's back jokes in, and don't get me wrong on that. And also, I, do I think Sark is some type of world changer as a coach? No. But I would also like to state for the record. On game day, I do not think Nick Saban's the best coach. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think you see at times when the talent is even on game day, he he works himself into uh, you know he's not as dominant as he is. Now the thing about college football is I don't know what what percentage of the coaching job do you put on game day? I really don't know. Like you know what I mean? I, I have no idea. I think game day matters more at at the like after you get outside of the best of the best jobs. That's when I think game day matters the most because the talent level is relatively similar, but acquiring talent and running a program at the top of the top level, I think is is how you run the program. I think is what matters most. I think that's part of his success level. But I mean. I have the same questions with Ryan Day. Like, I don't think Ryan Day has proven himself. Mm-hmm. After after he got into his own rosters, I don't think he's acquitted himself perfectly. 
Um, you know, and I, I just think like that's a larger question. I mean, I think right now what we're really seeing is if we're just judging it based on the roster, I'm not seeing a team that's better than Georgia through two weeks of the season. No, there's no doubt about that. They're the most talented. Stetson Bennett is an underrated quarterback. They can do things down the field. I mean, they are the most complete team we've seen right now, and today was a little bit of a pretender. I'm, I'm going to get into that with you, because, but let's do this first because otherwise I'm not going to come back. Sure. I need to at least hit it. Quarterback competition is over, correct? So I, I didn't know. I, didn't I mean, know we don't know the severity of all, all, Altmaier's injury, yeah. to, the, to my knowledge, at 9.57 p.m. Correct. So I when because Aaliyah, Aaliyah asked me when we were like when it was twenty eight to nothing, she was like, "What are you going to say?" And I was like, "Well, at this point, we didn't really know Luke was hurt." But I was like, even though it was twenty eight to nothing, I I just thought based on what I had seen, this quarterback competition was over because I think it's very obvious with Jackson. Yes, he's going to make mistakes, but wouldn't you rather have? Jackson dart out there with the risk of him making mistakes versus top end Luke. And, and again, I don't know how much of Luke's arm strength was affected by the, the shoulder injury, mm-hmm. but I do know that it was very obvious to me. If you're going to maximize, if you're going to maximize this roster, Jackson dart has to be your quarterback and you're going to have to just live with some of the young mistakes that he's going to make. <clears throat> I thought relative to opponent, which, again, it means that there's very little to see, but I thought he actually went through some progressions. I thought he moved his feet better. His deep ball was pretty good. I mean, you know, he's got receivers who catch the football. They just don't get a ton of separation. As good as he could be considering it was Central Arkansas, I thought Dart was that tonight. He he looked better today than he did a week ago. There's no doubt about that. So I actually wondered about that. How much do you think it helped that he just sat on the sideline for a half? Or, you know, I don't know, was it uh, uh, most of a half minus 58 seconds or whatever it was? I actually thought that was probably big for him. Calm him down, slow him down, let him see it for a minute. Yeah. The whole Yeah, and, and not only calm him down, let him see it for a minute, you get to hear – you get to hear Lane yell at what he wants and whatnot. Like, I, I, I just thought that was kind of big for him, but – I think it's entirely possible the quarterback controversy got settled anyway because I don't think Luke physically would be able to play next week. But in my opinion, at this point, like Jackson has to be your quarterback. Yeah, and again, we'll see the injury. I mean, Luke Luke looked completely different, and as I mentioned in the in the lead to this, some people were still getting on. Hey, maybe you saw this too. You could see when Luke walked to the sidelines after that pick that yep. he was asked what happened, and he just pointed at his shoulder and walked away. And that was it. Because it was Correct. under throw and, then, and it was a and terrible then, throw. Yeah, and then if you notice, like, did you pay attention, like, when they uh, when they went to the half? Like, he started, like, he tried to, like, move his shoulder pads. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's clear that he's got a shoulder problem. And I, I, I guess, though, where I would net out, though, is even if his shoulder were healthy – I understand why Lane Kiffin brought Jackson Dart in to win the job. He's probably disappointed that Jackson didn't win the job. But at the same time, as you and Neil have consistently pointed out, he's 19 years old. Like, he wasn't going to come in as a finished product. And I remember when Jackson committed and I came on the show and Neil asked, and I said, listen, he's raw, 
but I I see a lot of what they liked about Matt Corral. I see a lot of that in Jackson Dart, and I just think everyone remembers the best of Matt. I don't think they remember the worst of Matt. Like Matt was raw too. It took Matt two years in a different system, and even then two he had days. I mean, does any if anyone wants to, you know, act like that this is revisionist history, go pop in the Arkansas tape mm-hmm. from because I you know I, you and I both agree the LS when people want to talk about the LSU game and the turnovers, you and I know what he was playing with that day. It's like no, it was a rainy day. He was literally all they had. We we throw that game out, but the Arkansas game. There was nothing to throw out. That was the classic. Mm-hmm. That was the classic. Just a guy trying to force it all day, every day, and you know, he he made big time mistakes. But I think if you're going to reach the ceiling with this team, I think Jackson has to be your quarterback. Running game was obviously good. Line was fine. Anything on defense or anything else from this game at all that we do you take from it? Before I move on. I mean, they they they. Sucked. I mean. So Arkansas was awful. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like I was trying to, like I don't, I know at times UCA has been a very good FCS team. I would not expect them to be good, a good one this year, right? No, they they didn't go over 100 yards of def, uh, of offense until late in third quarter. Now I do think Ole Miss plays pretty well defense. I think they play assignment football pretty well. So especially again in a game like this, if you don't make a lot of mistakes and you're always in the right place, yeah, you're going to dominate the game. That's what they did. I mean, I, I do think. I give Chris Partridge a really high grade through two weeks because they're not busting assignments, they're getting to the football, and they're and they're tackling well. They're doing everything from no, a I change mean, in coordinator that could happen for Ole Miss defensively right now. No, I, I think I would argue, to your point, if this team is going – if this team right now for the next month is going to have success, I think it's going to be primarily running the football – and playing good sound defense because I think that's what they, I think through two weeks what this team has shown that they do well, I think they run the football well, and I think they play good defense. We'll know a little more next. But week. the problem yeah, is, yeah. but but like you know, the problem is physically, we've not seen anyone that can match up with it. You know what I mean? Like we haven't had to see this defense go up against a team that is physically imposing to them. So, I, I don't know. And I still think next week it's not a great offense. It is a good defense. I think we'll learn a lot about Ole Miss's offense next week. But I don't know if we're still going to learn anything about Ole Miss's defense. Are Ole Miss's receivers good enough right now? Uh, if they continue catching the football, you can win with that. The problem with with last year, like if you think about when the when the good guys got hurt, the problem wasn't necessarily the problem wasn't necessarily were the receivers good enough. The problem was the guys didn't make catches, mm-hmm. and that was that was the biggest difference to me between the top end of their receiving core and and the bottom end. But if these guys continue to catch the football, they're going to be good enough. But you know that's kind of the other thing when when your role gets increased, the pressure increases, and do you do the little things right? But yeah, I actually think if, if these guys play like they have been, I mean, perfect example for me is Mingo, a guy that's had problems with drops in the past. I felt like he's been pretty reliable thus far. Oh, he's had great hands thus far. 
No, he's been fantastic. I mean, he he has done everything in through two weeks that his skill set could allow. He looks healthy. He's really good with body control. Um, he, he he's yep. been he's, he's been excellent. You know, he got some some all SEC preseason love, and I think it's been it's been of note so far. I mean, he's been really really good. Now, you know, where else they're going to get production? I don't know. It's kind of moving around. I mean. You know, Dayton Wade has a good day today, but I don't necessarily think he's the number two receiver. Um, they're doing everything in the world to kind of get Jalen Robinson involved. He was on a couple of jet sweeps. I, I think they're almost trying to still calm him down. I think that he's the guy that transfers into the bigger program and is sort of, sort of, it's moving fast sure. for him right now. I think he, I think he, it, I think you can buy some stock in him, but it's not there right now because, frankly, he's in his head a little bit. No, I, I think that's fair. I mean. In and I like end, Malik Heath I for to, what he is. No, I, I did see, but, like, I thought Malik had, you know, I thought kind of the irony of tonight was I thought one of the best pure throws that Luke made all night, Malik dropped. Yeah. You know, is that kind of, I don't know, is it a skinny post or is it big? I don't remember. It was like a, it was an in-breaking route, like 15, 20 yards down the field. I thought Luke stepped up, threw a good ball, and hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. But, you know, uh, to me, what what it's really going to boil down to, though, is what do these guys do when they are contested? And we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, Trick had five catches, but only 28 yards, scored three times. Mingo, three catches. Wade, three catches. Heath, three catches. Robinson, two. Henry, two. And Heath had the one drop of the day that you just, uh, that you just referenced. Uh, bouncing around. They want us to laugh right. at it. Jimbo, A&M getting not just beat by Appalachian State. Appalachian State dominated that football game statistically. Tempo, they kept the ball more than 40 minutes. And we can talk about this one loss, but what's it actually telling us about A&M? I think what it tells us about A&M is that still defensively, I, I, I know everyone's talking about the stat sheet. A&M's defense is still very good. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real. They won the game with, what, 17 points? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, this is an offense that scored, what, 61 last week? And I, I get it. Everyone's going to North Carolina, but like they scored 61. They held them to 17. So what it tells me about Texas A&M is Jimbo, for whatever reason, has some type of attachment to Haynes King. And... I even wrote about it in picks. Haynes King had thrown had seventy dropbacks uh, during his A and M career. He threw six picks in those dropbacks, and Jimbo is just for whatever reason committed to this guy. And Jimbo's offense is one of those offenses that if you've got a guy that can handle the game at the line of scrimmage, it's a very good offense. But Jimbo does not make things easy on you, and particularly if you're from someone that's been playing from spread offenses your entire life, it's going to be a a change. And I think what it tells us is, you know, whenever they're a big favorite, you're going to lay them, or you're going to take the points, and you should take the points. But this team is still physically gifted. Like, I don't know, that game to me – was it very similar to the Ole Miss A uh, and M game last year, where App got on them? Like App got a touchdown, like on the first one or two drives, and they were showing some success. 
Jimbo thought the game would settle down. It did, but then they made mistakes. And then when they made the mistakes, they dug themselves a hole. And then that might have been the – like, if, you're, if your kicker is going to give that kind of effort on a field goal that doesn't get blocked, <laughs> why don't you just go for it? Like, I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't you just go for it? Is this is this fair? I mean, I know I'm always negative about A and M, and I enjoy their their struggles as much as as much as anyone. But Jimbo, well, can can, can I on. ask you one yeah, personal question? And I want sure. no, no, I want the chat to respond. Okay. Why do I take more heat for making fun of Hugh than you take <laughs> for making fun of Ross? Because you make fun of Ross, I guarantee you, if you check the tape, you make fun of Ross. Way more than I make fun of you, yet you get cheered for it, and people act like, uh, "Oh, show me where Hugh touched you." Did 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 Hugh bang your wife? Which, to my knowledge, the answer is no. Sure. Um, but with Hugh, you never know. Do you think there's a segment though that still? Works? I don't know. Oh, time, 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 time out. May I add? My wife's not Asian, so I don't know if oh, you would be into okay. it. Okay, gotcha. Good job. Uh-huh. It's fair. You see what I did there? It's fair. It's uh-huh. fair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, but back to your response. It, 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 is, a, it is a fair thing. Uh, it's been a little newer, so I think it's still playing up. But, yeah, there there is – I think if you polled, and I could do it here. I could actually create a poll. I guess I could do this. I think Ross is more despised than Hugh in the Ole Miss fan base. I think there's more of a yeah, – more, yeah, of, a, more yeah. of an appreciation for Freeze. Yeah, because Ross had nothing to do with beating Alabama twice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think that's fair. I mean, now what I what I think is unfair is when everyone blames Ross for we'll tell our story, we'll tell our story when people are not acknowledging the reason why Ross didn't actually get to mount a defense against the NCAA is because Hugh had complete control. If Ross could have mounted a defense against the NCAA, it would have been here is Hugh Freeze. Please take him. Please, please, and save us. But, like, I, I think that's probably fair. I think that's the answer. Ross is not responsible. Ross is not responsible for any good day that Ole Miss fans had, which I think is a fair response. So, my point being here, tell me if this is a hot take or incorrect. Is Jimbo, right. other than a COVID season, has done nothing at AM. He's done nothing. I mean, he, he found a way last year to beat Alabama and Auburn and still go eight and four. Um is he in some ways a overall better program manager, overall better recruiter? Like I am not comparing the two from an overall coach, but from a play caller and known as this offensive specialist. Is he not kind of Chip Kelly, Rich Rodriguez, where he had a system at one point that worked, and now he is so damn dedicated to it that he will not get out of it, he will not go modern, he won't evolve, because it's not even being tied to Haynes King to me. It's that you have Haynes King, but you refuse to let him run the offense that actually would help him. Is you're going to put him in something completely different that does not work. I mean, hell, it looks like it looks like what I covered with Ed Orgeron when he had Brent Schaefer, but he wanted him to run Seth Adams' offense. I mean, this it's more of his lack of adaptability that is driving me insane and makes me cheer against Jimbo at this point. So, to your point, what I think is the ultimate fair criticism of Jimbo is Jimbo, Jimbo is too... Um, 
you know the guy that's uh, uh, to quote Meatloaf, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Sure. Do you know what? Do you know what Jimbo will not do? Jimbo refuses to run the RPO in the sense of you send your guys down the field, you let the safety come down, you run the play fake, and you get the easy shot. In fairness to Jimbo, why he refuses to run that is that he believes that play is wrong. Now, what I would argue to Jimbo is Nick Saban believes that play is wrong too. But guess what? He bitched about it for a year, year and a half, and then he started saying, well, hell, if they're going to do it and they're not going to change the rules, we're going to do it. I would also argue to Jimbo, the one time I've ever seen you do it was when your back was against the wall and you had to beat Nick Saban and you ran it at least ten times against Alabama last year. Now, his argument to us would be, that doesn't make my guys better football players. It doesn't prepare them for the NFL, to which I think that was actually true up until about four or five years ago. And now you're seeing the NFL do it. And while the NFL doesn't do it with linemen running downfield, they figured out ways to do it with keeping their linemen a yard downfield. But the difference is, NFL safeties have to crash hard in run support. And so because they have to crash so hard, they're biting hard on the play fake. And so even though it's not the same concept, it ends up functionally working the same way. And to me, like, that's the biggest thing is that Texas A&M's offense never gets easy plays given what the skill set of their guys are. He's not even finding the best way to use one of the top five running backs in the country. No. He legitimately has a top five running back in the country and cannot find a way to make him the bell cow to go beat Appalachian State. No, and I guess my argument to him him would be, like, I understand, like, if you don't even want to do RPOs, like, I get that. But why wouldn't you just go, why would you, like, the Rams really don't use a ton of RPOs. Why wouldn't you just go to, like, the tight formation, outside zone, inside zone, play action? Like, that's not entirely different than your philosophy. Like, I don't get, I don't get why he wants his offense to look the way that he does. And, I mean, when I say look, I'm not even talking about production. I'm talking about he wants to see it on the all-22. He wants to see it on the tight end zone cam in a particular way, and I don't understand why he wants to see it that way. The uh, stats say that of the stream right now, 81% prefer Hugh to Ross. So that's where we are with the votes. At the yeah, and, and I think I think really what it boils down to is, in the end, uh, you know, uh, uh, are you watching FS1? Uh, is, that, is that State or is that Georgia State and Nebraska? Who is that? Uh, Georgia State just leapt into the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, I'll switch. I was watching the Baptist against the Mormons. Uh, well, I have that on as well. Um, I got murdered today, by the way. Did you? Yeah, so a lot of the reasons that I like certain games, it was because I thought I should have just taken the – literally, if I would have just taken the under in every game that I like for the reason that I liked, which was I didn't think the opposing offense was going to come in and score, I would have been fine. Where I 
struck out was thinking, oh, these teams can just run it down their throat. What, okay, so what do we do in picks? So I, it did I not go well off. at all. I know. I mean, I got Arkansas. I got Arkansas, Tennessee. By the way, shout yeah. out to overtime. Yeah, thank God. Um, in hell for that. Now, with that being now, with that being said, we should have covered that game anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if the kid doesn't drop the punt, we cover. I, I had Missouri, so I lost that. Yeah, no, we, we both lost that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had Florida. Uh, I had Kentucky. Okay. Not to win, not to win, but I had Kentucky on the on – the, uh, I had San Jose State, which I imagine was uh, – I'm the only one. Uh so you did okay. the only, are those the only are those the only lines that matter? Arizona did score on their first possession, but it was kind of gimmicky. I'm still not giving up on state here. Yeah, no, I'm not, I swear I switched. I'm, I'm at that game. A couple things here. One, they lose to App State today. What are we making of Arkansas? Made of A and M's next few weeks. They get Miami next week. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida. All right. Miami next week, then Arkansas, or is there a gap between Arkansas? No, that's it. It's Miami, then Arkansas. Wait, are they – what's today? The 10th? Yeah. So they have a bye week before Arkansas, correct? Because Arkansas I thought it was October 1st. No, it's September 24th. Okay, so then they have a bye week before Bama. Okay. Um, no, their bye week is after Bama. A&M's bye week is after Alabama, before South Carolina. Wait, okay, so read me the dates again. Texas A&M plays Miami on the 17th. Right. Arkansas on the 24th. Okay. Mississippi State on the 1st. Oh, 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 I thought State was, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're going to be a team like them where you're not gelling offensively and you're playing those teams, isn't that kind of worst-case scenario? Like, if you're a team that's built on defense, don't you want to play your tougher opponents later in the season when guys start getting defensive, you know, offensively guys start getting hurt? Like, for instance, did you want to play Ole Miss's offense in September or would you have preferred to play them in November last year? Um, you want to play whenever you're the healthiest. Correct. Yeah. But, like, my point is, like, typically as the season goes on, offenses get hurt. Yeah. But we've seen kind of defenses stay – like, even, for instance, um, like, if we want to go back to, like, Freeze, one of Freeze's years, like, there'd be years where the defense would get banged up, like the LSU game in 2013. And part of the reason why all of us thought, like, oh, this is LSU's game is that their defense was so banged up. Well, offensively, they were still pretty healthy. And they were able to make some big plays. And then defensively, they were able to force turnovers. Like, for me, that's the worst-case scenario for A&M because – Offensively, they are still figuring out what they are, despite being a good defensive team. So, you know, I think if you're someone that thought A and M was going to be an eight and fourteen, I think you're closer to being right than mm-hmm. being wrong after two weeks. Arkansas beat South Carolina. They ran the ball over the Gamecocks. They scored. KJ Jefferson had a nice day. And then Kentucky, Anthony Richardson looked more like the Anthony Richardson that I kind of thought in the season where he'd have moments but ultimately have have, have a lot of issues as well. 
Um, both those teams, what we potentially think, nine wins, that kind of deal, or are we overreacting a little bit there? I mean, they both, in, in a lot of ways, they both did exactly what you would want them to do between Arkansas and Kentucky today. So, with Arkansas, the thing that, that Arkansas game kind of went to script exactly like I expected it. The one exception being, like, they kind of, in the fourth quarter, just kind of started playing around. But, you know what I mean? Like, I, I even wrote, I was like, to me, this game most resembles South Carolina's game against Tennessee last year. It kind of looked a lot like that for three and a half quarters, and then South Carolina kind of was, or I'm sorry, Arkansas was just trying to get out of there, and South Carolina does that annoying thing where they don't quit. Um, now, with Florida and Kentucky, the thing that I thought was interesting about that game, I thought South, I thought Kentucky would do a better job at not letting Anthony Richardson beat them. I thought they wouldn't lose contain. I thought they would keep him in the pocket and say, hey, can you beat us throwing, big boy? And he couldn't. Mm-hmm. The thing, though, that surprised me, despite – Kentucky having the suspensions they did in the end Kentucky didn't win that game because of Will Levis Kentucky won that game because on both lines of scrimmage man their big boys beat Florida's big boys and I I took note of that because yeah they're not going to beat Georgia that way but they might beat a lot of other teams that way don't you think that's fair Oh, yeah, I'm not even necessarily putting it in the Georgia category, but if you told me, I mean, from after Kentucky gets that win, and again, who knows, they can lose the game, but if they get out of Oxford with a win, that's a that's a 10-2 team. I completely agree, and I guess for me, the, the, the more interesting aspect for me is, are they going to get Rodriguez back? I would have said yes prior to the last 48 hours, and I have a weird feeling it's no right now because they have to – if there's even a question that that's going to lead to something farther down the line, they cannot take that risk because, I mean, I've been on this for six months. I think they're the the blueprint to get popped here. You and I are so 100% like – Sometimes you got to know when to cut a man loose. I mean – no, no. I mean, you you have to protect the program right here. Yes, and for the record – like, let's be real. This isn't a situation where you go, well, if, we, if, if this guy squeals on us, what happens if he squeals at this point? Just cut him loose and then just go buy another one. Oh, God, yes. The way they're spending money? Right. Figure it I out. Mean, right, we're in agreement there, yeah. Like, just go get another one. So Nebraska's right. lining up for a 52-yarder Can we go back to last night? Yeah, sure. Can you book? Can, can we discuss, for everyone that thinks, and I'm not saying he is a, a bad young man, but for everyone thinks that John Rice Plumley is just a kid who plays the piano and goes and reads his Bible, the fact that he refused to take off and run those last few possessions when he could have, instead he was going to he was gonna prove to everybody he's a pocket passer, how much did you laugh and smile at that? I know you hate Louisville. But you had to have laughed and smiled at that result. You know, it's a frustrating thing because 
it feels like I'm always on him, and I'm not. I'm, I'm frustrated that people try to make him into something when it's been very clear Correct. what he reaction. is the entire it's time. The reaction. Yeah, it, it's completely the reaction right. at that point. Because, like, yeah. John, he's, an, he's such an interesting case because there is a level where he can play quarterback and be very, very, very good at it at the college level. But he's kind of at yeah. that Peter Principle point where he stays at this area where he's sort of the ultimate tweener, period, in college football right now. There's not a position well, where you go, wants- yeah, at this level, that, that makes tons of sense. Okay, so you were not a hard-throwing pitcher. But don't you remember there was a point in which you were like, oh, I want to get people out with my fastball until you recognize <laughs> I, want to, I, can just, I just want to get people out? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, John Rice is at that point in his life where he wants to prove everybody's been telling him he can't throw for so long that he wants to demand that he can throw, despite just just go be what you are. You are a tremendous athlete. You you have a God-given gift. There are not many people that can run like you can, that can change directions like you can. Stop trying to literally respond to Twitter when you're playing a football game. I think that's where my frustration is. It, it, it's completely that no that, that 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 is the frustration that 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 is completely one hundred percent valid in all ways. I, I will back John Rice on he should have been able to play baseball. It, it, look, you make your own yes. decisions. Agreed. It's your life. Agreed. Do whatever. I mean, you have to live with those Agreed. consequences that they're positive or negative. But by God, if you want to play quarterback and be good or bad at it, go do it. Who gives a damn? Sure. Yes. Sounds good. Completely agree with you. There's no problem. Yeah. By the way, Nebraska just lost Georgia Southern forty five forty two. I watched. Uh, look, here's the deal, though. You still don't fire him before the buyout goes down because you're not going anywhere anyway. What damn difference does it make? So, no, you're not oh, firing no, no, him no, before no. October or whatever. I think it's October 1, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, it's, it's between seven to, like $17 million and $8 million. Well, Who cares? No, Here's okay, so because yeah. you know I used to work at Conagra, so I've got a lot of Omaha friends. Here's here's the real concern for me. So they hired the LSU receivers guy. That's how the coldest uh, got there. That oh, guy really? okay, yeah. has done. That guy has. That guy is a genius. Like he is, he has made friends with the right people. I think. I think Trev Albert's worst nightmare is turning, you know, if you fire Scott Frost too soon and they want to make him the interim, that guy could end up winning the job and then you wind up in the situation that Notre Dame's in today, which I think is the worst case scenario. Because here's, here's what I do know. I spoke, to, I spoke to a couple people in the coaching community do you know what they've paid a ton of attention to Nebraska right now? What's hey, that? those guys those guys went into the transfer portal pretty good. Translation. Oh, I think I think I can get some players out of there. And I think I can turn that roster over pretty quickly. And uh I think I could do pretty well there. I think they could wind up getting a better coach. Because in the end, Notre Dame gave the job to Freeman because they didn't want to wait a month for Fickle. And for the record, I'm not 100% convinced that they should have waited for Fickle. Like, I, 
Fickles had a big job. It didn't go great. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think one of the biggest problems that we have in college football is we see a guy that has a great win-loss record, and we don't factor in how good of a job he did or didn't have. And But if I'm Nebraska, that's the worst-case scenario. I just feel like nine times out of ten, when you hand the job over to the interim guy, it doesn't go well. Two things, and then I'll I'll give Neil a shout. Um, one, are you buy, are you selling Freeman in general? I mean, what, what what do you feel like his actual ceiling or situation is at this point? You know, two, three, four years, whatever. So far, what I've seen from him is great defensive coordinator. Uh, you can't coach. You can't coach a. You cannot be a head coach as a defensive coordinator. Had the he game not taken Vanderbilt? Is Clark Lee the coach at Notre Dame today? I don't think so. Okay. I think Notre Dame was going to do. I think I think Notre Dame had gotten to a situation where it was either Fickle was going to take the job because they could sell it immediately, or they were giving it to Freeman. Vanderbilt is going to beat Missouri and allow Neil to gloat, aren't they? I don't know. I. Don't you think that game? Like I know, I know they played won. hard today. They don't. They they don't suck. Typical of normal Van, Vanderbilt. Don't, I get it's relative, but like they a, don't suck as bad. I just thought a big part of today was if if Missouri was going to win that game, it did not need to rain. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, dude, there were receivers running free against that Kansas State defense, but in the rain, it's just really hard to throw. So maybe Missouri doesn't. It's not as bad as this one day made them look like. Because Kansas State is a very physical, downhill running team. It rains. It's at home. Everything kind of went sideways. Deuce Vaughn's a good back. I I thought everything that could have gone right today for Kansas State did, despite them missing a couple of field goals. I think that's probably fair. I thought Vanderbilt showed better than I anticipated. I guess we'll put it that way. I would... I put my hand up. I said it in picks. I'm, con- you know, like, because we've been doing this for so long. You know, when you get that team and you know you're just going to be on the wrong side of them every week. I'm nearly certain it's going to be Missouri for me. Mm-hmm. Like that is that team that I cannot figure out. Well, because they're feast or famine. Shit, they don't play the same at any point, any week. By the way, Arizona no. is not good. I mean, they 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 they're not good at all. No, that's why I laid ten and a half. And state's uniforms look like time. a look like a two A high school team. Yeah, but the gray pants fairness, are I mean, awful. Can, but what can Adidas do? <sighs> I know, but Jesus. name name name. I will sit here and I'll, if the yeah. chat because I'm not watching the chat. Mm-hmm. Name someone that is an Adidas school that you get. They got a great uniform. In football, there isn't one. I mean, maybe there is one that I'm not remembering, but off the top of my – well, I mean, before they lost them, they did a good job with UCLA's. You couldn't screw it up, but sure, it'll count. Yeah, but, I mean, they lost it for a reason. They did. Completely lost it. And then then got sued. Didn't just lose it. They lost Uh, it. No, no, no. The the lawsuit – no, the lawsuit was our boy. Oh, was it? The lawsuit was under armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That is right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Uh, <laughs> oh yeah! That, that. Uh, <laughs> give me a. Uh, hey, 
I, hey, yeah. I love the good people of the library. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they've always been good to me. Yeah. Uh, give me an NFL pick tomorrow, then I'll get back to watching football. Okay, am I an idiot? How does Chicago block San Francisco's defensive line? Uh, Chicago's not blocked anyone this, ent- in this entire preseason. The Niners have one of the best offensive lines. Like, wh- what am I missing there? What's the line? Seven. Oh. Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the answer, right? But, I mean, as long as they just run the football fine, right? There's a chance they're just weird because of Lance and Garoppolo and the whole thing. I mean, I'm with you. That's the pick. But if you told me that it went sideways on us tomorrow, because that could in, in a hurry, it's something where they just are completely discombobulated because of their stupid quarterback situation. I guess the other the other obvious pick is fade the Giants, but the reason why I'm not telling anyone to do that, even though I've got a very good feel for what the Giants are, I think Dable's a good coach, and I think Dable's going to know how to like keep that game kind of close. Uh, so I'm I'm staying away from that one. Um, I don't know. I just think tomorrow's a weird day in the NFL because there's just so many road favorites. And it's week one. I think it, week one is a weird week to begin with. I think I think this week one could get really weird. Mm-hmm. So we're going with Bears, like, though. I mean, Forty Niners. And, and if you want, if you want an underdog, I kind of like the Steelers getting six and a half. Oh, Trubisky. Trubisky, I think. I, here's the deal. Trubisky's biggest problem is that he got drafted before Mahomes and Deshaun. Yeah. Well, no, but 100%. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think history's been a little bit kinder. Like, when you realize, like, oh, the Bears were such a freaking mess. Like, oh, he did he did kind of decent there. It's not like he was a great player, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? No, it's 100% relevant way, uh, to trap. It's very similar to Daniel Jones. Aaliyah, Aaliyah pointed this out to me. The Barstool Sportsbook has pointed out a $100 money line Sunbelt par- excuse me, Fun Belt parlay of Georgia Southern, Marshall, and App State would have only paid out 118000 today. Oh, good. I doubt anybody actually took them up on that, but fair enough. So. I do think it should be pointed out, though, uh, the Fun Belt leadership, mm-hmm. when they did the move of, hey, we're going to focus on, we got these two geographical areas. We're going to focus on, you know, uh, you know, the D.C. Appalachia area, and we're going to focus on the actual Sun Belt. I think it's been a pretty smart move on their part. Oh, it's been great. I mean, they, 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 they are absolutely the preeminent group of five conference, and they're going to have teams that, that do this ever so often. There's no doubt about that. So... All right, good luck with the Bulldogs, bud. All right, buddy. We'll talk. All right. We'll call Mr. McCready now. Give me a second to do that. He is uh, he is ready to go. I got the all clear. And we'll find out what Lane said, what was going on tonight at the game, and then we'll bounce around the league with him as well.
Hello, Chase. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm good. Came home to uh, to write some riv- more riveting commentary from 59 to three. Super excited. Yeah, it was I, awesome. I don't like Central Arkansas's chances of winning the FCS. Um, I, I I don't feel like. I don't like, like their chances of winning anything. So I put a poll up. Did you? Are you in the chat? Did you see the poll before I asked the question? I have not. Okay. Um, Jeffrey had asked me why he gets more flack for criticizing Hugh than I get for criticizing Ross because we were obviously having a good time with Texas A&M's day today. Um, and I said it's because Hugh is more liked than Ross. What do you think the poll was that asked, who do you like more, Ross Bjork or Hugh Freeze? Oh, I would guess it's overwhelmingly Hugh Freeze. It was eighty. It was eighty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would think at least that. Yeah. Okay. Hugh won games for for Ole Miss fans, so a lot of them sort of forgive him the fact that he wrecked the program and sent mm-hmm. it just careening down the rails because he won those games. They view Ross as somebody who was just sort of a a corporate shill who didn't really do anything for them. Yeah. Well, and frankly, my thing's more Jimbo than Ross. I just don't like Jimbo at all. Um, for someone that I don't actually know. I mean, Ross and I are... I was really proud of both. Um, do what? You probably you probably haven't read it yet, but I was pretty proud of my uh, little line in my column about Texas A&M. All the talk about them being Texas 8-4. and four. I said, they, after today, they might be lucky to get to 7. <laughs> yeah, that was... <sighs> Their their day could have only been worse if the Bama kicker misses a field goal, and then it is like I mean it is it is Armageddon for Aggie fans today. I mean, just call it in, it's over, done, whatever. Um, so what did Lane say? Do we have any clarification on this quarterback thing? Because I I mean I understand what you wrote in the column. I understand what media relations said. That makes no sense. Luke Altmeyer was clearly injured, and it rides on the back of last week when Dart gets another series after the pick. Luke not getting the same thing if it was not for injury status completely does not compute to me whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened as it pertains to uh, the, the message that was delivered. But after the game, Kiffin said that, um, that he, he – they, they felt like Luke was hurt. He stayed in. Um, I don't know when exactly Luke got hurt. I don't know if it was on one of his runs or on that sack where he basically got clotheslined. Um, but they said that they asked him at, at halftime if he if he wanted to go back in, and he said he, he wanted to and, he, and he, he would if they needed him to, but he wasn't 100%. And so they, they didn't put him back in. What they told us at that point was that he had an upper body injury and that he was being evaluated. And he obviously didn't return, and, you know, the rest, Dart played a whole bunch. And, and Lane, as it pertains to quarterback, said that he would have to go back and look at the film uh, moving forward before he made a determination. Uh, he, he was complimentary of, of both quarterbacks. He was complimentary of Luke's work leading up to the um, leading up to the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thought Luke started the game pretty well, and then I don't really know what happened. And then – Dart was sort of the opposite. I thought Dart started kind of poorly when he came in, and then I thought he ended up playing pretty well. Um, you know, had some big plays downfield and stuff. I didn't think either of them were just, like, great. I mean, you know, I mean, they both look like guys who 
their best football is probably still in front of them. I mean, they both look like guys that still have a lot of work to do, a lot of refining to do. You know, at least that's my opinion, but I'm I'm certainly far from a quarterback guru. Do you believe this is still a competition? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Not really, but I mean, I haven't thought it was a competition for a couple of weeks now. I mean, I, I think he wants to play Dart. I think Dart has the the higher upside. I did think Luke threw the ball down the field fairly well early, but then there were a couple of throws late where the ball just didn't get there. And, and After or before I, I did, the injury? Because, yeah, I thought I don't know, on, it was almost like – it looked like, and it was said in the stream, and I agree, it looked like the shoulder was injured on the touchdown run when he fell in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, somebody said that, and, and that's certainly possible. I don't know. Um, and then I'd have to go back. It was hard to stay riveted into 59. Throwing the ball down the field was certainly an impetus for him early. He was trying to do that. There's no doubt about that. He was doing it, and he was doing it effectively. Yeah. Frankly, he was more accurate in that little bit of time than Dart has been. And then whatever happened, happened. And, and there was one throw in particular where the receiver was open down the field, and I can't remember. And the ball, Luke made the right read, and he, he released it on time, and the ball just didn't get there. And so I, he must have been hurt at that point. And then on the interception, as you pointed out to me, Weiss came over and, and was going to talk to him about it. He pointed at what appeared to be his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so 
and maybe that's clavicle or shoulder. I don't beats me. I don't know. But um, yeah, because Jeffrey pointed out, even going into the locker room at halftime, he just went to adjust his shoulder pad on that right side, and when he did, he 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 grimaced. He winced. You could see that he literally couldn't even move his pad off of that collarbone, clavicle, shoulder, or whatever, and it was causing pretty pretty significant pain. It appeared. So that's going to make another if, – if Luke is out for any period of time, and I'm speculating here, I, listen, the, 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 the part of this team that's not getting the criticism or, – or, and when I say criticism, I mean kind of just the evaluation that I think it probably deserves is the offensive line. They, they've just not been great. No, they've been – And they're very, going to have to – They've been very average. Well, they're going to have to play better than that here soon. I mean, they've got a couple of weeks. But then that that Kentucky team, um, I don't know whether you and Jeffrey talked about it or not. That that Kentucky team, there's a lot of hype on Levis, and there's a lot of talk about what's going on with Rodriguez and the NCAA and stuff. Here's what they are: they are really good up front on both lines of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. They are they are really physical. They have an identity, and. Their identity is they will absolutely wear you down and dictate their will against you. And so you have to be good up front on both sides of the ball against Kentucky. And I mean, listen, that game's going to be a zoo. I mean, Kentucky's going to be undefeated. Ole Miss is going to be undefeated. Um, it might end up being the, the big game. I guess it sort of depends on probably what happens with Arkansas and Texas A&M on the 24th. But, you know, um, that's that's going to be a really big game. Oxford's going to be a zoo, and that's going to be a wild environment. It's Kentucky. The style of play that they play is really conducive to winning on the road, as you saw tonight in Florida, because of how physical they are. Just the way that they kind of, again, I hate to be repetitive, but they just sort of exert their will physically. No, they. I thought that Kentucky and Arkansas today won with. Physicality in the lines of scrimmage, and yes, having an having an identity that's been around. In Arkansas's case, I get it; it's it's not ten years or something, or it's not anything like Stoops. But for the most part, knowing who you are and executing against teams that are still trying to figure that out in some way. Arkansas was just better than Carolina. Carolina did a pretty good job to even keep that as close as it was, and then Florida was more like the Florida that we expected. Not that they was going to suck or were bad or anything, but Richardson was not a Heisman candidate tonight. Kentucky was able to get to him, rattle him, dominate the line of scrimmage in some different ways. And, you know, look, Billy Napier is in the early part of his tenure here. They are they are not situated from a talent standpoint all the way across the board. I, I thought that Arkansas and Kentucky are both setting themselves up for a couple games where if they win them, they can chase those 10 wins for sure. Yeah, I like Kentucky's chances to get 10 better than I like Arkansas's because I like Kentucky's defense better than I like Arkansas's. Sure. Um, you know, the the narrative on Arkansas was that they would fall off offensively because Traylon Burks was gone. The truth is they're better offensively than they were with Traylon Burks because they have so many other people who contribute, and they're really good up front. Defensively, I don't think they're particularly good up front. Um, now, they're better at linebacker. The, the Sanders kid who transferred from Alabama was a stud today. Um, and they're okay in the backfield, but like Catalan's out, I think, for the season. Um, the, the kid from Georgia that transferred behind him got hurt today. I don't know what his situation is. They're starting to get really banged up in the secondary, but 
you know, I, so I think that's going to catch them. Kentucky, on the other hand, if they get out of Oxford with a win, shoot, man, 11 wins are on the table. Yeah, you're a Tennessee win. I mean, the only team – the only team that's on their schedule the rest of the way that you look at it and go, no way, is Georgia. And frankly, this and I wrote this about kind of Ole Miss tonight. And we don't, I don't know, we don't, I don't think we know what Ole Miss is right now. They might be really good, and we don't know it. No, they they're talking really about they're talking about it in the chat right now. Ole Miss has been so vanilla and has not tried to run up the score. Has not tried to actually run offense scouted against the defense they are playing. They've been all about themselves and self scouting and looks that. I yeah. mean, Ole Miss may have a, a gear we just haven't seen at this point offensively. Yeah, oh, they might be a great team. Because they do we have two hellacious running backs. They do, absolutely. And they, they might be an average team and we don't know it. It's just too early to know. Um, I think you get a clue on some of these other teams what they can be. And what I was going to say about, you know, the West is, I mean, I wrote this about Ole Miss, but I guess it applies to Arkansas and it applies to other people too, is, I mean, we went into this week thinking, at least the last two weeks, thinking Alabama's this juggernaut mm-hmm. and that Texas A&M is this, this potentially different team because of all the athletes on their field and blah, blah, blah. Alabama's not a juggernaut. What you saw today was the greatness of Bryce Young. Otherwise, they lose. Sure. He willed them to a win. I mean, the play that he made on that final drive to somehow avoid getting sacked was just remarkable because if he gets hit right there and he goes down they lose the game sure and then you know a&m i mean if a&m played arkansas tomorrow if a&m played arkansas tomorrow in arlington i think you'd pick arkansas i think so and so i mean you know and and hell if 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 arkansas beats arlington i mean uh texas a&m and arlington holy hell it would that place will be like when Alabama comes up there the next week. I mean, the West is up for grabs right now. I mean, that's to me the the big storyline of the day. If you're an Ole Miss fan, is no, you don't know who you are, but if you're good, I think the ceiling's a lot higher than what people thought it was just two weeks ago because those two teams. I mean, look, Bryce Young's fantastic, and as long as he's out there, they've got a shot. Sure. But they are down at running working. back, down at receiver, and they have not gelled along the line yet. Dude, their offensive line sucks. Yeah. I mean, if that if that offensive line wore Purdue uniforms, nobody would talk about them in, in hushed tones. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line's not good. Young's a fantastic player. He wills them to win. He's now done it twice. He did it against Auburn last year, and he did it today. Where every other facet of their game, they got beat, and he is a special college football player but the rest of them and then a&m a&m doesn't have anything like if i'm a&m nothing against the king kid i'm sure he's a fantastic young man and his parents are very proud of him but i'd have to let max johnson get a look yeah i'm gonna ask you about that because jeffrey russell thanks for the uh, super chat you got several of those in there wasn't trying to miss you you said quinshawn's the best player on the team uh quinshawn is definitely if i was doing some sort of uh career stock draft he would be my first pick if i got him for his career there's yeah. no damn doubt about that for sure yeah. um i mean he averages over 10 a carry and for a freshman i wrote it in observations his physicality and his balance are about as good as i can see i mean it, it does wonder why in the hell auburn and alabama did not pursue that kid more but that is one hell of a gift for old miss right now 
Yeah, I'd love to know what their evaluation showed them. Um, that's I mean, why people make fun of rivals. People make fun of rivals with the three-star, and I'm always like, hey, hold up. Alabama and Auburn didn't offer him. So there was something. There's something that a lot of people saw They all that, or that a lot of people missed because that kid is special. Oh, man, he's something else. It's – um. You know, it would Jimbo. be it would be him. It would be him, Igbenosin, and Trigg. If you were drafting like on a on a long term deal, who would be the, the guys you would take? It would be those three guys. Those would be the the three. I'm not ready guys to say Judkins is 100 percent better than Evans. Um, like is, right now? Yeah, today. I don't know, man. <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know. <laughs> if you, you you don't have to be, that's fine. I mean, yeah, it's, it's sure. a free country. Um, uh, I, I think I'm ready to go there. Are you? Are you? I'm close. Yeah, Russell comes back again. Thanks, appreciate it. He says he's better than Evans. Yeah, I mean, he has looked better I, than I mean, Evans to two I, games. There's no doubt about that. I think if he you has. told me I could only have one of them, he's the one I'd take. They still fed them too early. Bentley got some late carries, but that was it. Um, yeah, and Bentley's a good back. Bentley's a change of pace. He, he, Bentley's Bentley's a good back, but but he's. I mean, Judkins. Judkins is so physical. Um, frankly, he kind of reminded me today of just his dominance, sort of like the, the kid from Arkansas that just South Carolina couldn't stop. Um, mm-hmm. Sanders, I think is his name. I can't remember. I mean, you know, sometimes you just see a back who can dominate a game, and that's a hell of a catch. You got a, you got a foot in. He keeps BYU. his feet so damn well. Takes on contact, finds a way for the extra two, the extra three, the extra four. Runs through people. Yeah, he runs through people. He he likes the contact. If probably if there's one thing about him that you every once in a while like to change, you'd like to say, "Hey, man, don't always drop your shoulder." And you know, but that that's probably something he'll learn over time. He's a special guy. You were going to ask me about Jimbo. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I'll say that real quick. Uh, in, in, in the in the thread, I mean, I don't know him personally at all because we don't talk to guys very much. I am incredibly happy for Jonathan Mingo right now. All the foot issues he had to deal with. And he looks completely healthy and looks like a different dude out there right now. He has, to, at least at two yeah. games, fixed his hands. He's catching the football. His body control is excellent, always has been. He's a physical blocker, which is big for them right now. I mean, he, he he's, 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 he's a difference maker in a couple different ways, even though he's not going to burn you and then get tons of separation. He, he does a lot of really good things out on the field. He had two amazing catches mm. today. Um, and then I thought the other thing that happened is, you know, Heath was able to get open down the field a few times. Sometimes they hit him. Sometimes they didn't. They incorporated Robinson into the offense a little bit. You saw J.J. Henry a little bit. I mean, there's still – that offense is like – you said they're vanilla and they're being careful. And it's still a work in progress. And, and Dart, Dart on the move is probably not as accurate as maybe he will be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, when his, uh, his footwork gets off a little bit, but I like Jackson. I, I, I think he's a he's a, a, a neat kid. Um, his heart's in it completely. He's going to improve. I think he's very coachable. You know, I just 
always say this, and I, I've, I've been told I'm a broken record on it. He's 19. He doesn't turn 20 until May. His best football's in front of him. He is going to become a really good quarterback, I believe. Now, he's not there today, but I think he's going to get better week by week by week. And I think the quarterback thing's over, and I think he's going to start getting reps. And these next two games for him are, are big in terms of getting ready for what's coming because, you know, that Kentucky Kentucky challenge is going to be unlike anything that, that he will have seen. I mean, Kentucky is, Kentucky is night and day better than mm-hmm. – um, Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and, and Tulsa. So, I mean, we're, we're headed he, for a, Next week is really for a, critical like for him to, even though it's going to be half Ole Miss people, get on the road, get a different environment, and face a decent defense. Now, Tech can't score at all. But they don't completely suck defensively. Um, no, and Collins so, is a really good coordinator. And yeah. He'll have a good plan. and He'll, he'll throw some things at, at Jackson that will confuse him. And so, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it, and it's time. They need to play a game. They need to game. play better. De- yeah, yeah. And, and like Tulsa's going to be a better team than what Ole Miss has seen so far, even though they're not good. And so he's going to get a little step up in the tune-up, and then you know we'll find out on October first whether they're ready for the the big time because it's coming. BYU without its top two wide receivers beating Baylor ten to six as we get to halftime and. uh and Provo tonight. Um, now, what else to say about Jimbo? And I asked Jeffrey this, but you you know him. You've you've covered Jimbo in some fashion for a long time. It, yeah. Am, am I crazy with a hot take here that he is an not as a total coach as an offensive play caller? He's gone the way of Chip Kelly and Rich Rodriguez, where he refuses to adapt. It's not modern at all. He's not doing the things with Haynes King that actually makes him effective to get him out in space to let him run do these things. And whether it be understanding how, whether it be stubbornness. I mean, I, I set in your ways. I, I don't know the reason. I don't know the man. But he is limiting Texas A&M because of his own offensive play calling at this point. Yeah. He, he, so I've known Jimbo since 1998. Uh, my first year on the Auburn beat, he essentially was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. And um, I knew him at LSU when he was um, – on Saban's staff. Um, I've known him a long time. And and I think, so it's two things. One is you have to start to wonder if the game is, the modern game has passed him by a little bit. Uh, he, he is stubborn. Um, I don't know what else to add to that. I mean, you you can see on the field that they're they're not a dynamic offense. Like you watch A and M play, and then you watch Ole Miss play, and even with some of the stuff that doesn't work for Ole Miss, it's pretty clear that it's cutting edge, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. Um, I mean, look at today. Like I was, I'm thinking of the games that I watched today. Like I. <laughs> Everybody loves to make fun of Sarkeesian. I think before Ewers got hurt, they had a hell of a plan. It was going to be an aggressive push the ball down the field plan. It was. They were going to get after Alabama's corners. Yeah, they were challenging those guys I mean, early. Um, I watched Kansas State. Taylor Martinez is, is, is incredibly average on his best day. And I don't know, I, I do know who the offensive coordinator is. It's the former quarterback there at Kansas State. 
I can't think of his name right now. He he had such a great plan for Martinez today against Missouri. That was a really well coached football game. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn gets the hype and he deserves it because he's a special player and he's fun. But I thought I wish I could think of the guy's name and I'm sure somebody in your stream's gonna name it. But their offensive coordinator had a great plan for Martinez today. And then you watch Arkansas and South Carolina and I thought South Carolina had a great plan for, for Rattler. He just didn't make the plays. They had, mm-hmm. they had receivers open down the field. He just didn't make them. You watch the play, the game that Kendall Bryles calls with K.J. Jefferson, and it's it's really strong coaching. I mean, I know people don't like certain teams or whatever, but that was a really well-coached offensive game plan for Arkansas. And then you watch A&M, and it's like taking a step back in time. It's not modern. It's not. It's not playing to the players' advantage uh, strengths. It's not finding an advantage and going for it. It's just I'm going to do this my way, and I don't think that works. And A and M was boring. I mean, look if, if what's his name A A chain Devin A chain hmm. if he doesn't get the big run, they don't do jack all day. I mean that they're. That's a problem. They have, they have problems. Listen, I think I think they're going to lose multiple games. Well, Jeffrey, because I don't think their you schedule. Can, their next like seven weeks are just hell. Look, they it, could, it's hell. They won't. They won't. But they could lose their next five games. They won't lose them all, but they could. Yeah, Colin. Klein I mean, Miami's not a gimme. Yeah, Colin Klein. He had a great plan with Martinez. Because Martinez can't just line up and go sling it around and beat you. So you've got to take his strengths and you've got to utilize them and you've got to pick your spots. And I thought he did. I thought they had a great plan against Missouri. And Missouri sucks. But but the coaching part of it was really smart. Yeah. You could see it. And then, you know, when you flip over and, and you watch, like I was saying, Arkansas with, with, um, with Kendall Biles, I mean, you can see really strong coaching and play calling and schematic and thinking ahead and all of those things. Yeah. A&M, you, don't, you don't see that with a and A&M coming up is Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. They could lose all six of those games. Yes. They won't, but they could. They won't win them all either. No. Hell, hell no. I mean, so if they go three and three, and three and three would be an accomplishment right now in those six games. That's eight and four. And with three, LSU still three, to go. I was going to say, you're giving them LSU right now, and I'm not. I know. I mean, because I guarantee you, a, I guarantee you, a Brian Kelly team will get better over the course of the season. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of upsets, a lot of stuff today. I think we're we don't know about Georgia for sure, but otherwise, I think we just got a bunch of teams in a glob, and it's going to be a fun season. Like. Yeah, so I, I think we have a little team. more parity than we think we do. Yeah, Georgia's the best team. Vanderbilt, Missouri. And I kind of mean nationally, not even SEC. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I Hell. mean, you look at Washington um, State, but Wisconsin today. Hey, by the way, I, I, I celebrate him a lot. Like, I think he's really damn good, and he's going to do enough there to get out and get him a good job. And it's probably an elite coach for a long time. Kansas dominated West Virginia today. Well, I was going to tell you. Lance Leopold's done a hell of a job. 
I was talking to someone in football circles last week about a bunch of stuff. And he goes, hey, I'll tell you what, get your Kansas jokes out of the way now. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, I'm just telling you, that guy's going to do a really good job. Now, Lance Leopold's name's going to come up at Nebraska. Sure. Lance Leopold's name's going to come up at Missouri. It's going to come up. And I don't know that Kansas can keep him. No, because, look, he's going to get SEC looks. There's no doubt. Oh, oh, no doubt. I mean, Lance Leopold's name might come up at Auburn. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's – but the point was is that he's going to make Kansas respectable this year. Like, they won't be the laughing stock. And here you are. There it is. I mean, it's a bad loss for Neil Brown. Bad loss. That's two two weeks where you lose the rivalry game and then lose to Kansas. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but what a day! I mean, what a weird day in college football. I mean, I will say this: it's for those of us. I I get a lot of stuff wrong, so I got to when I, every once in a while I get one right. I got to brag. The Sun Belt. I've said this for a little bit. Tyler and I've talked about it on our show. The Sun Belt's a good league. It's got some good teams in it, and you saw it today. I mean, that's a solid league. It just kind of flies under the radar because it's scattered all over the freaking place, and it doesn't always make a lot of sense. But did it's a good Louisiana Lafayette come back against Eastern Michigan? Does anybody know they won that game? Oh, I was kind of looking for it. I, I don't think so. By the way, fifty-five forty-two was the final in Kansas and West Virginia. Yeah, in overtime, yeah. They, they scored scored on both overtime possessions. I, I don't know what the. Louisiana, I'll find it. Hold on, see. Yeah, Russell says Arizona minus nine versus Central Arkansas. Who you got? Look, Arizona would beat Central Arkansas by more than nine, but both these teams suck. Yeah, Arizona would 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 <laughs> beat. Yeah, but, it's twenty eight twenty one. ULL leads Eastern Michigan twenty eight twenty one. Fourteen oh eight to go in the fourth. Geez. Troy, by the way, just because we're talking about Sun Belt, Troy. Uh, is beating Alabama A and M thirty eight to seventeen. Okay. Get go ahead and get used to it all year. Tennessee is about to play nonstop forty two to forty games. Just oh yeah, over absolutely. and over and over again. Yeah, they're not very good on defense. They're really good on offense. They have playmakers. Uh, McCoy's a good player. I like Hendon Hooker. I just think he makes plays. Um, no, but but Tennessee's going to lose to teams that have line of scrimmage play, mm-hmm. and that's where you talk about like Kentucky, for example. I mean, look, I mean, if you're Kentucky, this, this Ole Miss game is huge because if you win it, you're going you're going to Sugar Bowl type type games. Mm-hmm. And hell, if Ole Miss wins it, you start changing the tune about Ole Miss because you look at Ole Miss's schedule. That'd be five. Vandy would be six. Vanderbilt's better than they were a year ago. Clark's done a good job, but they're not ready to win games. Uh, Auburn's not good. What was the final in that game? They won by six or eight. Yeah, Auburn has issues, major issues, quarterback issues that are that are real. I mean, and then Ole Miss goes to LSU. I don't know. Suddenly Ole Miss goes to A&M. That no longer looks like an intimidating game. Mm-hmm. I mean – Getting ahead of, I mean, getting way over our skis here. 
way over our skis, but like Alabama, Alabama's schedule, the way we look at it, changes after today. I'm not ready to go, okay, Alabama's going to beat Arkansas and Baylor. I'm not ready to just hand it to them like clear W. Alabama's going to beat Ole Miss and Oxford. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. And you don't think we're overreacting not, a little there as much as we overreacted to beating Utah State, who I think just sucks? Um, no, I, I mean, are we overreacting some, maybe? I mean, because, look, they had a great atmosphere in Austin today. I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, that place was jumping. We can all make fun of Texas, and I enjoy making fun of Texas as much as anybody, but that, the atmosphere was fantastic. And they were, they were ready. And they had a hell of a plan. But the bottom line is this. Ewers goes out, and they bring in Hudson Card. And Hudson Card is never playing anything resembling professional football. He's not going he's – not, he's not a playmaker. And so Texas' defense, which is not the strength of their team – Texas's defense had to be what did it, and they damn near did it. And Alabama got some calls, too. Oh, like, there was a face mask that didn't get called that took points off the board for Texas. The whole I mean, on Young's run. Yeah, there was just stuff there that, again, I'm just – I don't have Alabama's schedule in front of me, but, like, I think Alabama goes to Arkansas, Oxford, and Knoxville. Okay. I'm not ready to give them all three of those games. Um, speaking of, and again, this is – I've been harping on this because I, for some reason, watched them play their opener, and I thought it meant more about them. Utah State is currently losing 35-7 to to Weber State. Yeah, so much for Blake Anderson getting the big-time gigs. He picked a really bad year to suck. He was one yeah. year of being pretty good of getting a gig. That is that is gone now. So, yeah, I'm pulling up the Kentucky. I don't know why I'm I'm kind of interested in this. You're it feels not. like I'm, now Rodriguez will definitely miss the Ole Miss game. By the way, yeah, I heard a little bit about what that's about, and it's it's not nil. It's NCAA. It's NCAA. I don't like his chances to play. Certainly not. If you told me he missed six, seven games and then played, I'd be like, okay, maybe. If you told me he didn't play any at all, I'd buy it. But I don't think he comes back anytime soon. But, hey, they got 14. Uh, Cavassier Smoke ran 14 times for 80 yards. Uh, Levis was just 13 of 24, 202, a, a TD and a pick. But they, 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 they really controlled Richardson. He was 14 of 35 for 143, no, no TDs, two picks. Um, Florida rushed the ball 30 times for 136 yards. Kentucky only rushed it 38 times for 70 yards, but it just shows you that when they needed something, they got it. That'll be a hell of a game. It's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, I I, I think I, I think Ole Miss will be favored, and Oxford will be a zoo. But that will be that will be a massive SEC game. And the only one that, that that day that could potentially be bigger is if Arkansas beats A&M. Arkansas would get Alabama in Fayetteville mm-hmm. that day. And, I mean, 
I'd pick Alabama over Arkansas, but if you told me today that Arkansas won that game, I'm not completely stunned. And at that point, man, the West becomes this crazy, crazy, crazy story. Last thing, did you find yourself pulling for Alabama or Texas this morning? Uh, Texas. Did you? Yeah. I must have been the only one. For some reason, I did not want Texas's fan base to have that today. I was like, this is going to – I mean, to the point of I kind of went – this is going to kind of ruin my day. Like, I'm used to Alabama being obnoxious, so that does not affect me because that's just all the time. Like, whatever. But – so it was something where I don't really want to deal with college football today where Texas gets that, of all things. I don't know. I'm, I have Alabama fatigue. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Texas person, obviously, but whatever. I mean, they're not in the league, and when they get in the league, the day in, day out of this league is going to eat them alive at first. They'll have to adjust to it because that happens to everybody. Sure. Um, I mean, just you, you see it. I mean, like we've been talking about these different teams, right, in the league that Texas saw it last year and they went to Fayetteville and kind of thought, oh, this will be easy, and they got just absolutely smoked. And the first time they go to Starkville or something, that's going to happen to them. You book it. It just is. I mean, the league's just so deep with teams that can get you and good coaches and all that stuff. But I've got Bama fatigue. I mean, the West would be the West would be a lot of fun if. Alabama got a couple of losses and suddenly there was a different game later in the year that was the one everybody was talking about. But look, right now, the way Georgia's playing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> in terms of the league race, um, it just doesn't matter. They, and you they, don't think we're going to have that deal where we kind of see them come back to you? think it's possible they just look like that all year and it's okay, fine, whatever? I mean, I don't know. They'll, they'll come back down to earth a little bit. But I mean, like you watch Alabama today and then you watch Georgia last week and even Georgia today in Sanford where they could have scored 8,000 points. And maybe at some point you go, you know what? Kirby's been winning the recruiting battles to the point that he's got a better team. He's got more players. Mm-hmm. Next week we get what? We got a couple. We got State LSU next week. Yeah, State LSU. Um Let's see. I'll pull it up. I'm curious myself. Uh, let's see. Go sports. I guess I'm leaving. Football. I'm watching commercials instead of flipping back to state. And and schedule. Week three. So next week in the SEC, we get uh, Georgia at South Carolina. Yeah. It's going to be a game that people are going to try to hype, and it just it it just it just isn't. Uh, Youngstown State at Kentucky, Ooh. Abilene Christian at Missouri, Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. We get Penn State Auburn, which I think we're going to all into CBS game at two thirty, and I think we're going to spend a week trying to make it a bigger game than it is, Chase. And I just, I, 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 even if Auburn beats Penn State at this point, yeah, uh, what does that really mean? Uh, we get uh, Vanderbilt at Northern Illinois, uh, ULM at Alabama. Mississippi State at LSU, that's 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 an interesting game. Uh, Missouri State at Arkansas, Akron at Tennessee, South Florida at Florida, and then we get Miami at Texas A&M, which I think we're all going to be pretty interested in. I know Miami started slow with Southern Miss today, but 
Miami's Miami's got the quarterback play to score points against A&M, and if you score points against A&M, you have a shot. Yeah, you're going to win the game if you do that. Yeah, Miami was down I mean, for a while, but then had a really strong second half against Will and those guys. Yeah, and, and they'll be they'll be geeked up for A and M. They 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 and A and M's gonna have a weird week. A and M's got two weird weeks, maybe three weird weeks, maybe four or five. I mean, this that that becomes the story to watch because if you told somebody before the season A and M loses to Appalachian State, it would have raised everything on your radar, and here we are. And not only did they lose to Appalachian State, they. They got dominated. I mean, Appalachian State dominated for forty-two minutes. Yeah, they should have scored more points. That that could have been a two-score game. Well, I mean, A and M got bailed out to even have a chance there late because that was not roughing the passer. I don't know if you were watching, right? Or not, but yeah, well, I was watching. Yeah, I mean, that was flipping around with it. I got into the Notre Dame Marshall thing for a minute. Of course, I was watching the. Iowa, Iowa State, Oof. abomination. So, Oof. Yeah. Oof. Surely there's another quarterback on the roster. I mean, right? dude, go to the get, get, go to a frat house and find some dude that played it in high school with. This yeah, I mean, I mean, Jesus. I mean, just 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 go find because they are wasting the a fumble. top fifteen national defense. Oh, I guarantee it's top ten. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is statistically. I mean. Um, they're the yeah, first I mean, school they're, they're, since 1979 they're... to score and give up 10 or less in both their first two games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are they are phenomenal on off, on defense, the great punter, and, and their offense is just, just, just non-existent. The quarterback play is just so bad. So bad. Um, last thing for referral this time. What's the line for Vandy and Missouri when they play? Where's the game? Uh, Nashville. No, no, no. It's in Columbia. Sorry. Uh, Missouri minus two and a half. Okay. Jeffrey thinks Missouri doesn't suck as bad as we thought they did today, that it was wet and it was the perfect game for Kansas State in a lot of ways, that they are not mm, awful. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. They look, they look pretty awful to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Enjoy. I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be a live drinker tonight. Oh, well, I mean, look, it, it's not going to work. I mean, whatever that whether they beat Vanderbilt or not, for God's sake, it's it's not going to work. That's right. all they're getting. No, I agree with that. I yeah, mean, that, that, that's I agree it. with that completely. By the way, uh, people were pulling for Bama fifty-three to forty-seven, so basically even today in that game from a sight standpoint. Well, I respect the Texas hatred. Get ahead of the game. Hey, you know, I'm, just go ahead and jump in there, and eh, you know, I have, I have no issue. We'll, I have no issue. With watch that. them claim a moral victory today, and 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 go from there. So yep. Stay up. Watch State in Arizona. I know you've been glued to the end of that one. It's only the second quarter, so you got a yeah. little while to go, but. I'm about to write a basketball story, and then I'm probably going to – not basketball. What am I well, saying? Huh, a quarterback story. Yeah, well, it's 11-15. I'm about to write a quarterback story, and then at the end of that, I'm probably going to call it a night. I'll, I'll take the rest of it and put it in 10 thoughts. I don't, I don't think anybody's hanging on – hanging out till 1 or 2 in the morning to read a notebook about Michael Triggs' three touchdowns. Yeah. All right. We'll talk. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. There's one Neil McCready on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. I will put these 
I am hopeful that our Apple situation is fixed with the podcast. Uh, Brian's went up this morning, so my, my, my hope is that we are in better shape from that standpoint, and it's going to be all right. So we'll see where that goes, but that is uh, that is the hope. I mentioned Mississippi State. They're currently up 15-10 to 10 on Arizona at this, uh, at this point. So there's that. I will uh, put the number up if anybody cares to call. We'll see what that looks like. Um, yeah, 53-47 Bama right now. But somebody says they accidentally um, voted for Texas, so it's a little higher than that in our uh, in our feed at that point. Uh, let's see, where is the number? You guys probably need that at some point if you're going to do this. Yeah, maybe you call, maybe you don't, but we'll hang out for a minute and see what happens. There is the uh, the phone number if anybody has any desire to call and chat. Uh, yeah, fifteen ten state over Arizona. I was waiting for BYU and Baylor to get back um, and go from there. So if nobody really calls, then I will call Brian and talk to him for a minute, and we'll just kind of go from there. But uh, uh, Rear Line says Chase gun to the head. Quarterback comp is over, right? I mean, well, look, Luke could be hurt, and if that's the case, it's over. I mean, it's hard to know for sure without knowing his situation. If he's completely healthy, I mean, I still feel like it's probably getting close. I just, when you read the tea leaves, I mean, like I said, I I, I know I'm coming back to this, and I understand that it could have been misspeaking or whatnot, but the fact that they let Luke finish where he did today and everything else, I just, I don't know. It was kind of like, eh, just sort of felt... It, it felt like it was over to me. I, I think Jackson start, starts Jackson Dart starts next week against Georgia Tech. Because, look, that is a really critical game next week. Ole Miss is going to win the game. It's not about that. But as I said, Tech's better. They're definitely better than Troy. They're definitely better than Central Arkansas. Their defense is okay. It gave Clemson trouble for a while last week. I mean, I know Clemson's not Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, but they don't, they're not a bad program. They're a good football team. So... Dart needs that game next week. He needs that game next week badly. I mean, he really does. I, I think it's very critical for Jackson to get that game if he's the starting quarterback and, and, and to play, and to play well and face the schemes. And, I mean, it's not going to be some hostile road environment. I mean, he's played in games in the Pac-12 that have been it's, – it's more critical than that. But, you know, no, it's an important game. Who are we talking to? What's going on, Chase? It's Tommy from Oxford. How you doing, bud? Man, living the dream, I guess. <laughs> you at home? I am not. I will be home next weekend, and uh, I'll be damned if we're away. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at? I'm in Georgia. Okay. McDonough, Georgia, in a shithole motel. <laughs> okay. Um, is that because you needed the TV <laughs> and the Saturday and the game and the whole deal? Well, it's because I booked it online, and it looked a hell of a lot nicer of a quality end than I am in. Okay. I so think I was looking it, at So you had been to this one before. They, they they got you a little bit on this one. Yeah, they got me on this one a little bit, but uh we're all right. I mean it's safe, you know. I mean so I mean, you know, there's it ain't no ain't no violence going on around here. It yeah. just I mean it smells like weed and uh, I I told her to change my room last night because hell I walked in here and I got a non smoking room. Well first I always order a king and I come in here and there's two queen beds. I'm like, well, I ordered a king suite. I mean, you know, can I get me? Well, we're out of kings. Well, how the hell did I book it? Mm-hmm. So where are you headed? If if you don't have one, 
I've been running a uh, local out of uh, Georgia over here for about a month and a half is why I haven't been home. Okay. And I'm about, I'm about at my limit on this. So I've yeah. got to, I've got to get, it's, 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 it's time to go home. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we're going to do when we leave back up. I, same, same thing, different day, right? I mean, I think I ended the game with, just as many questions as I began it with. It was impossible Definitely. to take anything in certainty from a playing a team that was that bad. Yes, I mean, I, I didn't expect to get many answers out of the day, and I certainly didn't. I, I do think, I mean, I hope Luke's all right. I mean, because he did start off playing a hell of a game, but I think Jackson probably separated, he separated himself a little bit today, I think. Yeah, I think it's over. So, yeah, I think it's over. I think, I think, I mean, even if Luke's not bad injured and he could start next week, I think Jackson comes out and plays the whole game next week. Mm-hmm. Now, if that goes badly, you know, who knows? But I don't think it will. Yeah. No, not not with the way the defense is playing. The defense. I think Lane's getting a little frustrated every time he walks up to halftime, and they just talk about Jackson and Luke. And because he keeps throwing that, you know, well, defense is playing pretty good, you know. <laughs> he would like that to be the first question occasionally, but we're so focused on Wayne with offense and the quarterback deal that that's, that that doesn't happen really. The, the identity of the program is not defense, even though that is the the identity of this team right now, along with the running game. It, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you, you he just I, I think he needs to get over it a little bit, but he does have a point. His defense is playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And shout out. Shout out to DJ Durkin. I mean, that catastrophe down there was not his fault. No, I thought he was fine today. I thought his defense was pretty good. I mean, he even caught a little heat from the A&M people, but that that was not relevant to me. I thought that, I mean, given what Appalachian State could potentially do, he he gave them every damn chance to win the game. They just couldn't do it on Jimbo's side. Yeah, that team scored 61 on North Carolina last week, so... Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it ain't... uh, Was it 61 or 62? 61, Uh, right? 63-61. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Heck, yeah. yeah. Well, buddy, I'm going to get over here with you. I just wanted to call. I knew yep. probably ain't going to be many callers after midnight. but Yeah, well, be safe. on. Y'all the, have uh, a good night. On the road. Talk soon. I'm going to call and get Brian's take for just a second. Um, I was kind of curious. He obviously met with Brandon Dark for that story on the site. I'm going to at least get, get some thoughts from him on that. I won't keep him long. But he has been uh, been waiting. I just want to kind of check that real quick with uh, with him. I think Tommy's right. He's a Tommy's a truck driver, by the way. People listen to our hand raised guys. That's what he's he's out uh, on a load from the truck right now. Here, all right. Let me do this real quick. I'll call Brian. That's over. Hold on. Who we got? Oh, we got Galen in Hattiesburg. Hey, what's up? Man, not much. You hanging out tonight, making it all right? Oh, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty awake for me. It's not bad. I, I'm I'm sitting here. My eyes are getting heavy, but I figured it'd be a good chance to get through the phone lines, and here we are. All right. So, uh, Mingo, looking like a Ole Miss receiver that should be wearing number one tonight, huh? He the, the catches, but just the health. I mean, the confidence. You know, it's a guy that always had it to put it together, but he's actually kind of pulling it off now. I, I'm I'm, ha- I'm I'm really really happy for that guy. Maybe as much as anybody on the team 
from the standpoint of having all the foot stuff, having everything that's going on with him, and um, the, the the possibilities for his season. I mean, he he's he is so physical in the run game from a blocking standpoint, and then now when he's shirt up his hands a little bit, he runs pretty good routes, and then he he's really dominant in 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 one on one coverage to go get the football. I mean, he was he, he was pretty special tonight, and I think that's going to translate. I don't think that was just Central Florida, Central Arkansas. I certainly hope so. Uh, for me, as you know, just a diehard fan that watches Ole Miss every week, I, I feel like the past couple of years I was expecting a certain thing from him, and then he had all the drops. But it's kind of unfair to anybody to you know, and the whole number thing with you know Treadwell oh, sure. and AJ yeah, Brown. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very unfair comparisons that, that get made. Uh, but I, I mean, I was tickled to death uh, to see those, you know, circus catches he was making right now. Yeah, no, he's a confident guy right now, and they, and they look for him. I mean, both quarterbacks went for he and Trigg, and have established a pretty good bit of chemistry for two quarterbacks that have not played with Mingo much in the past. I thought that thought it's probably a pretty good sign for his for his season coming up. Yeah, I think it was on the season uh, a couple weeks ago when they were talking to uh, to Big Benoson about. Uh, you, you know, not everybody gets to go up against a, a first-round NFL talent like Mingo every day, or they were something like that. And it kind of took me back a little bit because I think he's good, but I thought that was a little hyperbolic. But mm-hmm. hell, based on the night, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's probably a little bit, but I mean, there is no doubt. I think he can get in some OSEC consideration if he continues to catch the football because he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I mean, he. It's right there for him to become kind of that 1A guy for Ole Miss. It's not going to look like Elijah Moore or some stuff like that, but in his own way, I do think he he can become that type of primary target. Right on. Well, uh, yeah, I'm either about to go to bed or I'm going to have another drink and uh, fall asleep outside. So I guess we'll see how the, how the night turns out. Pour one up. Be safe. We'll talk. Appreciate it. Right on. I took that. Let me uh, give Brian a shout real quick. I said I want to kind of curious and ask that. Check Caitlin for the call. What kind of night you think that was for uh, the Dark family tonight? Oh, I mean, you know, for however much a devoutly Mormon family can celebrate, I imagine that was a uh, pretty good night for the uh, the Dark family. Uh, weird night overall, honestly, in college football in general at Ole Miss, but uh, I imagine it had to go pretty well for them there in uh, whatever town that is in Utah. I've already lost track of what it is. You were at the game, just in general, environment. It rained for a little bit. It was Central Arkansas. I saw there's some Twitter fights between the different factions as far as who showed up and who didn't. Uh, what did you just sort of make of the entire environment and event tonight? Pretty dead outside of the student section. But, I mean, I look, I'm not big into, like, crowd-shaming folks. I just find this, the student section shaming stuff to be hilarious because they moved them, you know, when I was a normal college student – like they were in the south end zone and that place normally had the shade and like it was confined and it was actually kind of hard to get a seat in there to where they just moved them to this gigantic metal 
you know, microwave box basically. And they get, you know, kind of crapped on all the time. And they were the only section full today. So I am a big student section stand. I think they got jobs. But outside of that, I mean, it was, it was about what you expect for Central Arkansas. I also don't blame anyone for not showing up. I get it. You know, not the first weekend, worst opponent. Like, it happens. It is what it is. Central Arkansas sucks, so there's only so much. But defensively, they're sound. They've been pretty well coached. Parcher's done a nice job with having them in the right place. They've tackled well. They do get a step up next week against Georgia Tech. You know, we say they have a lot of depth, and they do from some different standpoints. You look at tonight, and we're seeing five, six, seven, eight different names that are impactful in different ways. But they're still not playing – because I'm – once the game got out of hand, doesn't count. They were definitely doing that. But while the game is competitive last weekend, this week, they're not playing a ton of bodies, though. They're not necessarily extending the depth out. I guess, where are you sort of at right now from the standpoint of how many workable bodies are on defense and how many people do they trust at this point that can be in an accurate rotation? I literally have no clue. And I know that's a bad answer, but I just think that's kind of the way – I feel about this team in general. I don't know if we know anything about this team. I don't know if we know if they're any good. I don't know if we know if they stink. Like, I just, they've been so vanilla defensively. I think they're fast. I think they populate the football well, and I think they have a lot of depth, particularly on the defensive line and in the secondary. But outside of that, to your point, they're not playing a lot of guys on either side of the football. And so I just, I don't really know, and I know that's a bad answer for, you know, the show and content's sake, but, like, I, I really have no idea. I don't feel like we've learned anything about this team. I feel like the first time we will learn really anything about them is next week in Atlanta, and I'm curious to see what that is and what that looks like. I think they're good defensively, but at the same time, I also think this quarterback thing's over, but, again, until I actually see it on the field in Atlanta next week, I don't know. I just – I don't know. I mean, you could feel differently, but do you feel like you learned anything in two weeks with this team? I feel like we just watched basically two scrimmages. And I don't know if I made this comment last week on the show or on the podcast, but you guys covered this in preseason all like throughout the entirety of it. And Kiffin would come in and would just make kind of, eh, I don't know what happened today. Did some good things, did some bad things type of thing. Watching these first two games, I kind of get it now. I don't think he was just blowing smoke or trying to play it dull. I think he's confused as well. I think there's things we know. I think we know that the running backs are good. I think we know that they are better at linebacker than we were giving them credit for being. And I think we know that they can be, if the right personnel are in at the right times, they can be pretty dynamic in the secondary in a lot of different ways because they're physical, they're fast, they've got experience, they got a lot of different things to put in there. I think the offensive line is not what we thought it was going to be to this level. Um, That's the story. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, as you said, I mean, the second week in a row, Mason Brooks is playing mop-up stuff at guard. Um, You know, they signed him to play a tackle and for Jeremy James to play left tackle, but you've got Jaden Williams playing again more at tackle. I thought he kind of had some rough moments today, but you can see the ability that's there. But is it ready for Kentucky in three weeks? Is that what they're going to do? The snaps were still off at times. I thought for the most part they were better, but – you still are noticing poor snaps. You're, you're having snaps that are going wide that are affecting timing and pace on plays. That will blow up series and that will blow up drives against, frankly, maybe even Georgia Tech, but definitely against Kentucky here in a few weeks. This is what, what everything's building toward. I mean, we can. there's no reason to hide from that. It absolutely is building toward Kentucky. So there are issues in those ways. There are positives, but as, as we said earlier on the show, 
Ole Miss has not schemed to a defense. There, the the offense. I would say this. I think we know what the floor of the offense is, and it's okay. It's not. Oh my God, God awful, terrible. But there is potential for a ceiling higher than we have noticed at this point because they simply have not tried to score points. As dumb as that sounds, they've tried to give quarterbacks looks. They've tried to give back certain carries and certain things. They've tried to almost kind of force situations while they're on the field, almost like a dress rehearsal in a way. So I think next week is the first time they will actually sort of scheme toward an opponent and try to score every time they have the ball. That just hasn't been the case yet. I'm with you there, right? Because Georgia Tech, whatever you may make of them, they didn't look totally incompetent defensively against Clemson. I actually thought they looked pretty good. The defense was just on the field a ton because they were so inept offensively. Mm -hmm. I think Ole Miss is going to win that game. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's an important game from – the standpoint of everything you else you just outlined from the quarterback to what the offense looks like and you know I know I just said they're inept defensively but hey it's a real team with D1 athletes and FBS athletes so what does the defense look like in that sense and yeah I think that's really kind of when you learn a lot about this team the offensive line thing's kind of weird um because going back and re-watching that game from last week as well and not to be accused of a dart apologist here but a lot of the stuff's on his like pure dropbacks and again, I'm far from a trained eye from a football standpoint. He didn't have a lot of clean pockets. Like he 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 was kind of moving or shifting when he threw the ball a decent bit. And you saw that a little bit with Luke Altmeyer tonight. I don't really know what the deal is there, right? I know we've talked about the Mason Brooks thing a decent bit. I don't know what's going on there, but you know, I figured if he was gonna get moved to guard and mop up time, it was because they were that just that good on the offensive line and they may end up being that good. They just haven't looked that way so far. So yeah, there's still a lot of unknown with this team and I guess it kinda of starts with the quarterback and I know we've kinda of buried the lead there, but this this thing's over, right? I get the injury happened. I'm sure you and Neil or Jeffrey, whoever kinda of covered the whole weird media relations thing but like this is this is not still a race right in your opinion like what where, I mean, where look, you I, mean I guess it's possible that if Luke is 100% healthy then we still whatever and you go hey we're only going to grade Luke off what he did prior to the injury and he was okay he was fine those first couple series I mean I could you know pick it apart with a fine tooth comb if I had to but for the most part I thought he was pretty good I thought Dart started a little off but then once he got into a rhythm I thought it was the best a quarterback had looked so far through these two games um, during a stretch, which was dark there once he sort of got going a little bit today. But again, it's Do we know when he the got hurt? Not huge. to derail you. Do we know when he got hurt? Because I heard five different things. It's just a guess, but my guess is on that okay. run into the end zone when he fell. And to be fair, there was a clear point in that game where he looked different than he did to start the game. I just don't know when that he was. He started the game sense. doing – here's the deal. He started the game doing the things that everybody said he had to do to have a chance at the job. He threw yep. the ball down the field. He was more fearless. He said, hey, let's air it out. Let's do things. They called plays to be able to pull that off. You know what I mean? Like, everything went as it should in that way to at least give him the opportunity to be in that. I mean, I thought he was fine until he got hurt. But then once he got hurt, he was trying to play through it. Credit to him. I mean, he's a tough kid. Um, credit to him. He didn't whatever. But, I mean, the body language changed. He was injured. He... He had a hard time even kind of moving in that direction off of that, again, shoulder, collarbone, clavicle, whatever it was um, that he has. And it's his it's his throwing side. It's just it, – it's going to be really damn sore tomorrow. It's going to be pretty, pretty difficult to um, see where he is, he is capable of going on the road and starting against an ACC team. 
in, in, in a week. So, yes, look, it's speculation. It's 11.37 on a Saturday night. Lane can tell us tomorrow or Monday that he's fine and cool and we're continuing the thing. But as of right now, with the information as I have it, I would think that the competition is over and Jackson Dart is your starting quarterback. And that's a decent point. I mean, look, yeah, Spencer says that he started the game with a pick against any other team but UCA. Probably. I mean, Mingo made a hero play. Um, the ball was underthrown. Um but there's probably a couple throws by Dart today that get picked off, too. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, no matter who the starting quarterback is, they're going to have some growing pains moving forward. And, I mean, with Dart, it appears that you've got a little more upside and a little more chance of turning the ball over, and you just live with it, and you hope your defense plays well, you run the football, and that he grows up as the year goes on. But, yeah, I mean, it's I, I would definitely put my, put my bets on Jackson Dart being the quarterback moving forward for Ole Miss barring injury. Yeah, and the part of that that, you know, I know this is an impossible question to answer, but, like, had he not gotten hurt, would that have changed anything? Because the thing about this, and that's what was interesting about talking to Buchanan this week, and not to, like, beat a dead horse for anyone that listened to the show, is that Buchanan pointed out pretty well that, like, from the outside looking in, okay, how can you actually evaluate one guy versus the other against Detroit defense or Central Arkansas defense? And Buchanan was like, look, that's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for stuff that you and I are not going to be able to tell yes. on television, right? We're not going to be able to tell stuff like that, right? He always used the Evan, the, the Bo Wallace RPO example where hand it to Jalen Walton, keep it yourself, or dump it over to Evan Ingram, whereas, you know, sometimes Wallace kept it himself eight-yard gain, fans are happy about that, but it doesn't mean it was always the right read. And so some of the stuff that they're looking at is just stuff that we are not going to be able to tell. But even if that being the case, if if that was getting done or not getting done by either guy at a consistent or a not consistent rate, does that really change after the Central Arkansas game, if that makes any sense at all? You know what I mean? Like, does your view get drastically different based off Central Arkansas tape, even if it's stuff that the common eye cannot see? Oh, I mean, maybe, but, you know, what kind of pressure are you truly feeling? I mean, for either one of them, that's not just right. Luke. I mean, we I feel like sometimes when we do this, people assume we're just talking about Luke, but I'm not. I'm talking about either one of them. I mean, no, you have more time to make the decisions. You you have an easier you know, chance of seeing what you're seeing because it's slower. It's all those different things. But, yes, at the same time, Ron is 100% correct in that, Lane is not going to pick up the stat sheet tomorrow and go, oh, wow, well, he was 10 of 13 and he was 6 of 13. There's our quarterback. I mean, that has zero to do with it whatsoever. So while, yes, you can't grade out Troy and Central Arkansas 1v1 and do all those sort of things, yeah, they're looking much deeper than that. It, 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 it has nothing to do with what we see or doesn't see. Um, but I did think at times Dart was athletic, was kind of dynamic throwing the football. I thought that thought you you saw an upside today from Jackson that I don't think we really saw a ton of from Jackson last week or Luke to this point. Um, but then you know, here's the deal, too. And I, I, I'm going to defend Luke does, a little right? bit here as well. I've seen several people, media members, seen a lot of Twitter, seen some message boarders talk about, well, you know, Luke was bad last week. Luke didn't play last week. He He threw two passes. Like, I don't give a damn what his pro football focus score was off two passes last week. That's not the way that thing works. The, the, the snap wasn't his fault. It never got to him. Luke, Luke Altmaier did not fumble the snap against Troy. Caleb Warren hit himself in the butt with it. Like, it, like there was, there, there was a little bit of... If fat a snap, we fatted a wedge or two in our day. You can fat a snap off the butt cheek. You can fat a snap. a little thick. Um, you know, the, the A&M kid fatted a kick today, yes. I saw 
Complete laid the sod over the kick today. Just, I mean. What's the deal with that? Not to bounce around, but, you know, that was, I was texting you today. I, I went and hung out in the Grove a little bit with my parents. What What's the deal there? I mean, is Jimbo just stuck in 2012? Yes. I mean, that's, yes. let's yes. not talk about the playoff anymore with those dudes. But, like, I, I thought that might be a little bit of a struggle, even though in Neil's picks I took App State. But, like, what? What what happened there? Honestly, I only caught the fourth quarter. That that's awful. They were horrendous offensively, absolutely freaking horrendous, and they only had the ball for eighteen minutes. With the quarterback that he claimed to pick last year, right? He won't let like him. He could write last year off as Calzada because he won't let him or whatever. At all, he has to sit. He's a running quarterback. Could they make sit in the pocket? In twenty twenty two. Yes, you know it, Claude is going to be some point here in the in the stream. Look. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Matt. I'm not saying anything else. I do wonder a little bit if the people who push toward Dart on just like an aesthetic standpoint, when Dart is sort of rolling, he does kind of look like Corral. It's a similar game as in how they go about getting out the pocket, their footwork. The ball comes out of his hand in a more similar way. You know what I mean? Like, you see this sort oh, of I more do. dynamic Absolutely thing know. that sort of looks like Corral a little bit. Again, I'm, I'm not predicting Dart as Corral, but Look, I, I, I get that. I, I'm not trying to be that guy, and I get, I'll get i probably get accused of being a Dart apologist from just writing a story or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But at what point is any point in his career, and I know it's a young career because he's 19 years old, at what point in any point in his career has someone sat him down and said, nope, can't play and win with this guy tonight? never really happened mm-hmm. and i just think at a certain point you kind of kind of look at that don't you he's never put any team he's been in in a position where it's like nope can't win with this guy tonight it's just not there yet mm-hmm. and he's he's been good from a leadership from a getting acclimated the whole deal he has he's he, he he's trying really really hard and not that luke isn't again i'm not doing that just saying, for a guy that we didn't know. I mean, we, we, we've we seen Luke. We were with Luke for a year. Dart's new. You don't always know how those transfers are going to sort of do those things. And I think he's done a really nice job of trying to acclimate and coexist inside the ecosystem and be a leader without having the capital or the experience to come in and do that. He's handled it really well. And to, to kind of put a bow on it, after what happened today, and I'm sure you watched Alabama-Texas, the quarterback thing becomes almost more important because of what the SEC West is or is not, correct? I mean, look, are you scared of A&M anymore? If you're Dynamic Miss, quarterback you play of... and Ole Miss is in every game this season. Oh, 100%. I mean, look, I guess I'll just throw it to you straight. Like, what game do you think they can't win this year? Because my answers were Alabama and A&M, and after today, I'm like, hell, I don't know. I mean, it might be Arkansas now. I'm not saying they can't win it, but you get my point. If you catch Alabama the way they played today where they're going to commit shit tons of penalties and drop passes, you can beat them. Because, frankly, Ole Miss can challenge Alabama's wide receivers with their corners. Am I crazy to say – I'm sure – did you watch that game start to finish? Uh, if Ewer stays in that game, does Texas not kick the hell out of them? I mean, potentially. Does Texas not win by two scores? I know that's nuts. I mean, but no, when, no, no. When Carr came in the game, the game plan changed. They wouldn't throw it down the field because he couldn't. I think that's possible. Now, I do think there's okay, parts of yeah. Alabama that's going to bow its back at some point, and you've got to take it to another level once it gets into the second half. But, 
Yes, I do. But they were definitely more scared to throw it with Carr, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Like, you were were just like, screw it. We're tossing it down the field. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, look, that trip to Fayetteville is going to be a pain in the ass for Ole Miss. Not saying they can't win it, but that is going to be one pain in the ass trip. Do what? Yeah. No, I was asking if that's mid-November, right? I mean, that's that's got potential to have actually real – that's got real – like, that has potential if Ole Miss reaches its potential to have, like, real implications at this point. I think I'm right here. Am, am I wrong? Are those not back-to-back? Don't they play Bama and then Arkansas back-to-back? I think you are correct. What a yeah. what a brutal stretch, which is a weird way the schedule figures out, right? It's brutal on the back end, but also at the same time, it's kind of perfect for this team trying to figure out the kinks. Yeah, as Neil said, though, it's time to play somebody. It, it's time it's for them dark. to actually play a game. They need to, right? They'll learn something next week, but they need to decide on the quarterback and they need to play a game. And I think it's Jackson Dart. And I'm just curious what we learn about this team next week. More. I think we get a fairly decent sense of them next week. I mean, not all the way. That's not going to be until Kentucky. But I do think they they get looks on both sides of the ball. They're at least coherent to, to telling us more about what we are uh, – Seeing 18-10 state now over Arizona, 33 seconds to go in the first half there in Tucson. It's quite the slobber knocker going on. Uh, I think you and I are going to do a segment tomorrow on your show. We're talking more uh, more quarterbacks in football. Yeah, absolutely. We will uh, chat it up tomorrow as Weldon jets back from his European scouting trip. Um, Soccer Corner was doing such numbers that we got to get this kid pitch side of the match. Last thing before I go – I was looking at part of the stream earlier. I mean, the get-up you got going on today is just phenomenal. What has the guy got to do to get some uh, some Rebel Grove merch? What kind of numbers do we have to do to make that happen? I think we can probably pull that off. I, I guess I am, like, playing big-time company man on here today. I didn't really realize I was doing that, but I guess. It's it, a great shirt and a great hat. I No no irony in there. I just wonder what a guy's got to do to make that happen. We can get show. you the we're not on YouTube. The hats are like damn, like these are ancient. This hat, it's amazing I've kept up with it because uh, for anybody that's listening to our podcast tomorrow, I'm wearing a Rivals cap. Um, It was in a goodie bag at a convention I got in, I think, 2012. I think this cap's 10 years old. It's a great hat, and I'd like one. I'll have my agent contact your agent, and we'll probably get that worked out. But just phenomenal. I think, I think the CEO of Rivals back then now works for uh, UFC. So we have to run him down. But we, we, we can get the shirts. I know how to do that with no problem at all. We can get shirts. But uh, the, the the cap is a little different deal. It's like, it's like a damn antique at this point. Um, I don't think I have to like buy, buy car tags for it anymore. It's, it, it's older. But, uh, yeah, it's, Hell uh, yeah. it's all I mean, good. As long as you don't ask me soccer corner tomorrow, we're good. I don't know a damn thing about it. So, I think we're Well, we're that, right. that that makes two of us. You know, we, we started that segment, ironically, and we we get emails from dudes that are like, can't believe you didn't talk about the end of the Arsenal game. I'm like, bro, I had a lot going on. We did, yeah. we, I didn't catch that one. Yeah. So. All right. Talk to you tomorrow, bud. Thanks. Sounds good. Right. Have a good one. Ryan Rippey joining us on the uh, Raptors and Music and Food Hotline there. number of him I was to call. I know it's after almost midnight here. Again, almost halftime in Mississippi State and Arizona. What's going on with Baylor and BYU? That is in the second half now. This is the only other game we have going. Is there anything else or is it just those two? 
yeah, that finish of Alabama and Arkansas at State is, is tough. But, I mean, look, you you didn't need that dang thing reversed. It, it, it's much better than the other way around. Um, I need to kill that Alabama poll, by the way. It's up to Bama 56%. So 56% were pulling for Alabama against Texas earlier uh, earlier today. And I will put this in podcast form tomorrow. I mean, I know you guys are listening. Maybe some of you have had a few to drink and you don't remember all of it. Or uh, you came in late and wanted to switch back. And I know YouTube is weird about that. You have to kind of finish it to let it come back at that point um, and start over from the beginning. So I will put this up in, in podcast. And th- hopefully, to God, Apple is fixed. We They gave us a deal. They think that they have it figured out. So I hope that they are correct in, uh, in that. Who do we have on the line? What's up, Chase? It's Bobby. Hey, what's up, bud? Nothing much. Uh-huh. Kind of swaying on this Mississippi State game. I thought this was, I kind of was hoping this was going to be a blowout. I took State, but it's kind of interesting right now. Is it, and, and, and look, Arizona sucks. So, do, is, this is on Mississippi State's offense at this point, right? Well, yeah, it, you know, 100%. It absolutely is. And honestly, it kind of leads into what I'm really getting curious about. Look, and I think I made a post in one of the threads. Because people were like bitching about how uh, Troy was trailing to whoever they were playing. Alabama, like FCS. Yeah, someone was bitching about that, and I, they were trying to do a trans, you know, a transitive property thing in week two. And look, we're only two weeks in, but if we're keep, like, does anyone in the SEC really look good right now? Georgia. And that's it. Uh, well, um, no, no, no. Hold, hold on. Relative to expectations, Kentucky, Arkansas, um, maybe Florida, because the win over Utah is still there, and they just lost to a team that is at their equal standing with Kentucky or even was better than them, frankly. Florida was not supposed to be better than Kentucky. And then, look, it's Ole Miss. I, I, I get that you guys are watching this so closely, but for the person who's not doing that, Ole Miss beat an FCS team to freaking death today. They beat Troy 28-10 in an opener with new quarterbacks and a competition. But if you're just – because think about this. Take yourself out and you're the guy in Dubuque, Iowa, and you turn on Ole Miss. You saw Judkins and you saw Evans and you saw Lane Kiffin. You went, oh, you know, he's going to figure the quarterback thing out because he always does. And, you know, that defense is a little better, and that's a team that won 10 games. If you're the guy in Dubuque, Iowa, you actually are higher on the Rebels than anybody who watches the Rebels day-to-day right now. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like there's a huge concern right now, and I understand it because they don't have the quarterback thing figured out. But at the same time, I mean, you look – I mean, look, Texas and I've lost to freaking Appalachian State today. You know what I mean? If you were just a random college football fan – Obviously, everyone would pick Alabama to win the West and Georgia to win the East. Shocker. That's been mm-hmm. the same prediction, what, the past four years? But in that, man, it kind of. Like, like I mean, look, honestly, I mean, Arkansas looked good today, but honestly, I don't think South Carolina is that good. Well, they're they are what they are again. Relative. I mean, if you told me Carolina goes seven and five, okay, sure. That's all we thought, though. Who who, yeah, who really I mean, thought Carolina was going to go nine and three? Nobody. 
I just it's there were people high on South Carolina because they dipped into the transfer portal. I was like, well, hold on a second. I mean, Spencer Rattler got beat out for a reason. Now, now granted, Caleb Williams is an absolute dog, but you know. But yeah, and look, Kentucky won a hard fought game against Florida. I don't, I don't know. Did Auburn struggle tonight, or did they kind of pull away with it? They only won by six or eight. They look like Raw Hill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm not. And I BYU just ran a screen pass that was lovely. By the way. Huh? BYU just ran a screen pass that was lovely. They ran into the end zone. Like there was a convoy. It, it, it looked it, it looked like a Sean Payton screen game. Like that was really pretty. Yeah, that that game and Kentucky Florida was the two games I told myself I would not touch betting wise because I just did not know how it would go either way. Yeah, I would have never put real money on Florida and Kentucky. No, yeah, I mean, and look, I, dude, I will say this. I had the Ole Miss game on on the back deck, and I had the uh, Kentucky Florida game on in the living room, and I'd kind of dip in. I caught the, uh, the Anthony Richardson interception. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. He was trying to hit to the sideline, and the defensive end or the linebacker made one of the I've ever seen in my life. He won Kentucky. Your phone's breaking up a little bit. I think. Did you move or is that my internet? It's going to be Georgia. And from teams three to 12, now, Grand Missouri got the shit kicked out of them today. They look terrible. Do you think Vanderbilt could beat them? No, I still think Missouri wins the game. I, I think I'm more on Jeffrey's side. Is look, Missouri's not good. Drinkwood sucks. They're gonna get. They're gonna fire him at some point. And Missouri is this at best seven and five team kind of annually. But I do think there were the perfect conditions for that Kansas State Missouri game to be what it was today on Kansas State side. They had the best player yeah. on the field in Deuce Vaughn. It's raining. Missouri had some free release. They couldn't convert. Their quarterback kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But I do think they can beat Vanderbilt. I mean, I, I still would pick Missouri to beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, the more talented team is Missouri. But my argument is, look, I, I really do think Clark Lee is doing a really good job there. And I, I don't know when that game's going to – now, look, if a game's going to be played in the next couple of weeks, I definitely bet Missouri. But if it's late in the season and Missouri like, only has three or four wins, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Vandy popped them, but mm-hmm. that leads me to another thing I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if it's been asked yet. Do you think, so, has there been any official word on the Altmeyer shoulder thing? What was it? Did he, was it, because honestly, I think the Kiffin, that may have been a blessing in disguise for him to give Jackson Dart the job. I mean, look, I thought that. I mean, you don't want, obviously, the kid to get hurt. Because I, I think they were getting to that no, point No, that's anyway. not how you want it, yeah. Um, but, no, they have not given a they have not given us an, act, an actual diagnosis. They said simply upper body in, injury that was being evaluated. I have not seen anything definitive from a prognosis standpoint or in exactly what happened. 
Yeah, because uh, look, I, I jumped on Twitter at halftime, and I'm not going to call it. Well, I mean, it doesn't even matter. Some people were saying, "Oh, they benched him because of the interception." Media members were, and I was like, "Well, oh, that's no, what." But, but no, that's what the we mentioned at the top of the show that that's what media relations told the media. They said the interception. They said the interception is what ended his day in the press box. Yeah, I'm shocked. I can't believe they said that. Yeah. Like I said, that would have been really bad PR from the standpoint of you gave Dart something you didn't give Altmaier the next week, which is the extra thing. I mean, he clearly was hurt. That's what it was. Yeah, that's that's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. But, no, I mean, honestly, do you think they could have blown out Troy more last week if they wanted to, or do you think Kippen was just trying things? Because, I mean... He's just trying things. They I, haven't, I, they, they haven't actually schemed... More, they haven't schemed anybody yet. No, he was just... He wanted to make sure in the second half he threw the football and gave looks. They could have run the football 80% of the time and beaten Troy 45-10 to 10 or whatever. No, 100%. Yeah. He chose not to do that. Yeah. I mean... It, it, it's a little bit of thing that thing too. I mean, Kiffin is looking farther down the road. He's looking bigger picture instead of, you know, I mean, Ole Miss has had a lot of coaches where it's just, hey, go run this one up and do what you can do. That's not really the point. So I mean, look, uh, we joked about it Thursday. I mean, Freeze's second to last year, the year they went to the Sugar Bowl. I mean, their first two or three games, they were winning like in the seventies, and they were holding their opponents to like under ten points. It was awesome, but at the same time, they were, you know, it was, you know, foot on the pedal, like, we're just going to blow them the hell out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting. Um, Judkins, I will say this, I, I will be very surprised if he's playing at Ole Miss all three years. Oh. I think yeah. they'll do what's necessary to hold him. You think they can hold on to him? Yeah, I do. As long as Kiffin's here? I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows if there's changes and it gets deeper. But as far, barring anything major, major change with program, yeah, I, I think they hold on to him for all three years based off what I kind of know about everything. Did Bullock get any carries tonight? Not that I saw, but I was not. By, by the end there, I was not paying as much attention. Uh, I wouldn't no. Know. Willard got three carries. Yeah. I quit watching after the third quarter. I was like, yeah. Judkins got know, 10. Evans got 11. Bentley got four. Robinson got two. Willard got three. Dart got two. Henry got one. And Altmaier got three. This will be the last thing I have. I, I was excited to see um, Malone get in. Granted, it was when they were beating the hell out of a team. What's your take on him as a football player right now? Um, I don't know that he still is 100% explosive from what he was pre-injury completely. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but just my kind of take, I think that baseball harmed him. I think he's a guy who needed spring practice. Um, And, and again, mm-hmm. that's not blaming him. They can do whatever they want. I mean, I'm for Plumlee doing what yeah. he wants, DeMarco Cox, the whole deal. That's not the point. But it is really freaking hard for a reason. It, it's really hard to play two sports at that at that level. I thought he got better on the baseball field. Now, do I think he's ever going to be a baseball starter? No, probably not. But I, I do think that that hindered his ability to get into the rotation a little more. I think he's coming on. I think he's getting better. 
Um, I think we have got, you know, and look, me too. This is not a criticism. I think we've all kind of got the thing of, hey, he was such a big-time recruit. It's time to get going. He should be in there. But when you miss um, – when you miss – time like he did it just sets up it sets the clock back for those young kids like that that are trying to transition to this level um especially somebody who just yeah. missed a lot of sports in general through covid yeah and i actually made a i'm pretty sure i started a thread a couple of years ago it was after they signed the 21 class and i wouldn't even try to be a negative nancy about it but it was kind of an interesting point to bring up so there are three biggest recruits outside of all iron were Malone, obviously, Braylon Brown, who also had an ACL injury, and he hasn't really got to see the field, and Hudson Wolf, who was a big deal at the time. Sure. You know, those are your three biggest guys, but they all had significant injuries, and that's what, that's honestly, that's the big concern for me going forward as a program, is can you get those guys turned around injury-wise, and if not, how do you address that? Because, I mean, the, the 2020 class is what it was. It was the transition class. I mean, you knew you weren't going to sign. You know, you were just going to try to see who you could get. But the 21 class, you know, they flipped Altmaier, which was a big deal. But, I mean, the three biggest recruits outside of that, I feel like, were Braylon Brown, Taiwan Malone, Hudson Wolf, um, Tachim Johnson, who is, I mean, he's, he's, been he's great. great. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he's been money. Um, but, you know, the problem is, you know, Hudson Wolf had injury issues. You can't fault the kid. It's just it's unfortunate. And then, uh, you know, J.J. Henry's getting more snaps than Braylon Brown is now, you know. So I'm, I'm just curious how they're going to address that. But uh, all right, man, I appreciate yep. you taking the call. Absolutely. Talk all to right. you soon. Thanks. It's a crazy stat. Somebody said in the feed the first time states run for 100 yards in the first half under Leach. Or I guess, yeah, first time under Leach. Sorry, that is the stat. I wasn't sure if it was Leach in general or while he'd been at Mississippi State. Yeah, this is practice. It's preseason. Lane is not he, – he did not spend all week scheming for Central Arkansas. He was getting looks he wanted to get. That was the that was the point of this for Lane. That one's still on. BYU-Baylor is still on, kind of closing this thing out. Is where uh, after midnight we've been on for – about two and a half hours now, something like that. Had Jeffrey for a long time. Appreciate his time. He's on the radio a ton during the week, so to give 50 minutes or something on a Saturday night just to chat with us, I do sincerely appreciate that. 2.30 game next week, by the way. Um, yeah, Georgia Tech, 2.30 on ABC. That's going to be an ABC game next week. It is an ACC telecast, so you'll uh, – You'll have that. Um, Daniel Cotto asking, can Ole Miss win the West? Can they? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I if, if if you catch – look, everybody's going to lose. I mean, it's about can you beat Alabama. And if they played like today, you could do that. I mean, I, look, do I think Alabama's going to play like that today a lot? No. I mean, I still think Alabama's going to win the West. They didn't lose a game today. They found a way to win it. They've got the best player in the conference, maybe in Bryce Young. Um – so, I still would pick Alabama. But if Alabama does that, where they commit 16 penalties and they drop passes and they can't run the ball and their offensive line sucks, well, then, yeah, they're gettable by somebody. There's no doubt about that. They are they are gettable. 
I mean, hell, nobody thought Ole Miss two years ago was going to stay with them and get beat by 12 or whatever and go, you know, punch for punch in the first half to the point that was. And if you beat Bama, you can lose to somebody else. Because probably everybody else is going to lose two times and you'll be all right. So, I do think the Saints win tomorrow. I mean, I, I 10 and 7. I think it's kind of where I'm at on the year. I think 10 and 7. It's a little bit of an optimist. I know the over-unders are 8, 9, somewhere in there. I, Arkansas at Arkansas is a really hard game coming the week after Alabama. I, that, that, that is a scary matchup for Ole Miss. But it's it's week two. That's in week 12 or whatever it is. I mean, it's let's let's give it a minute. We'll see what it looks like. Just don't know that we're we're at the point of knowing a, a gauge on that. I mean, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be losses. That's what Neil and I talk about all the time. you got to get through emotional stuff. It's not just on paper. So, I mean, predicting that, that week 12 game, that's that's that, that's a different animal for, for anybody at that point. But, you know, Arkansas, if they stay healthy, they kind of know what they are. They know what they're trying to do, and that, that matters. But Ole Miss does too. They don't know who their quarterback is. I mean, I think maybe they do now. But, you know, there are questions. But, oh, is Lynn Swan next week for ABC? Yeah, that's true. State trying to pull this one out against Arizona. Flip back quickly before we go to uh, Baylor and BYU. I mean, the Saints can win the division if Tampa is 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 mortal. I mean, I I think Mint said it on our show Thursday. The Saints at plus three fifty for the division. That's not the worst bet in the world. Because, I mean, I don't think – Carolina is probably a little better than people think, but I don't think they're winning the division. Atlanta sucks. It's it's doable. I mean, it, it probably is doable. Plus 350 and you just try to get past Tampa. Try to go 5-1. and one in, I was talking to Romero about this a couple days ago. Just go 5-1 and one in the division and then kind of see what happens from there. So I think that's the goal. Uh – Let's all pray that Apple has everything worked out, as we uh, as we said. That will be fantastic if that's the case. Um, if so, our podcast will be back to normal. Normal week for this leading up for uh, for the week. Yeah, 2013 BYU right now, but Baylor uh, first and 10 at the 11-yard line for the Bears. Um, Super Bowl prediction... Uh, Bills. I, that FC West is so competitive. But I don't know that I really think anybody's coming out of it. Uh, Packers, Bills. And you make a good point. Bullock hasn't gotten carries, which makes maybe makes you think that they have a deal worked out where, barring injuries or anything, he's he's going to save the tread and, and transfer. I mean, I, I, again, that's speculation. There's no reporting in that whatsoever, but. When Woolard's getting carries and Bullock isn't, that looks like maybe there is some sort of understanding there because otherwise that doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, if you had a bunch of injuries, I mean, Bullock would be your back. He's a good back. He's just gotten completely overwhelmed by the other guys that are that are coming into this thing. I think Dylan's, Dennis Allen's okay. I mean, he's not Sean Payton. I'm not saying there's no change, but... I don't think there's some fall-off just because of Dennis Allen being the head coach for the Saints. I really don't. Um, I think Bentley's going to get more touches if this thing goes on. 
I think they're really going to ride Evans and, and, and Judkins, but I think they're going to find ways to get Bentley out in space for sure. I, th- I think that's very true. It's just things we haven't seen yet. I mean, we have not – Lane said it's been a limited playbook for two weeks. We have not seen the full menu at this point for Ole Miss. We just haven't. So, I don't know. Uh, all right, give it one more second for any calls. Anybody wants to be the last one? If not, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Again, thanks to Jeffrey, Neil, Brian for uh, for time. It's pretty good football tonight. It's been kind of fun. It's like uh, get one more the hang of it as we go through this season. Week two, two games down, ten to go. Um, Georgia Tech. So we'll get started around six six fifteen next week, something like that. Be a little earlier. Hang out and then be uh, looking forward to Tulsa at that point. Their last non-conference prior to uh, prior to Kentucky on October first. It's a pretty good game. So, I mean, Neil went, went over the slate. Nothing crazy, but pretty good stuff there for uh, for next week. Some stuff to keep our attention: Auburn, Penn State, LSU, Mississippi State, and then Miami, Texas A&M is the night game in uh, in that one as well. So not uh, not too shabby all the way around. Pretty uh, pretty good stuff there. So. All right, uh, we will uh, we will wrap it here. We'll be going for uh, two thirty three. So good show today. Appreciate all you guys as always in the stream. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just really thank you. You guys make it happen. Let us do this, which is a, a pretty good deal. Good numbers tonight. Again, Ole Miss fifty nine to three over Central Arkansas. Back next week, full week at RebelGrove.com. Coverage at RebelGrove.com. Observations. Uh, Neil's quarterback story notebook and column as well. So. Uh, Have a good night, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.